Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, Andy Conduit Turner dropping in at the start of this episode as of the Horror Hangout. Um, we're on location for this episode, so a little different to what you'd usually hear. Um, you're going to hear background noise, you're going to hear us talking to various people, you're going to hear us over the course of five whole days of Brightfest, meeting people, greeting people, talking about movies. We're in the wild streets of London if the mics are picking this up, so things are going to be crazy. It's a little different. Please bear with us on variable sound quality and listening experience. If you are listening to this on the audio, while we love both platforms, most of our listeners come from the podcast versus the video version on YouTube. But this is one version, one episode. And I really would suggest watching the video. If you get to see all the wonderful people we've met, it's been really exciting. So then I'll put this in at the start of the episode. And then I'll be back in this same outfit to do the wrap-up with him. It's the last thing we're recording. So... I'll see you on the other side, everybody. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Horror Hangout. This is a podcast where film fans <laughs> yeah. watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. Hopefully the best. I'm hoping the worst aren't, aren't there. Aren't, aren't rocking up this weekend. In case you can't tell, look, we're in the same physical space. We are live in London. In the Bright same Fest. vicinity. I can touch Andy if I, if I so need to, with consent, of course. I can smell Andy without consent. Don't tell him I'm doing that yeah. behind his back. Um... But here we are, we're live in London, ready to... I mean, in mere minutes, we're going to be leaving the the place we're staying and getting ourselves to Leicester Square for Fright Fest to, to watch the opening film. And stunning surroundings. Oh, look, they were very kind to leave. Look at these Lovely chairs! Frost Nixon chairs for us. To, <laughs> I don't know what Luke's going to do when he gets here. Luke arrives tomorrow, everybody. You may see him in some of the video later. Uh, yeah, so obviously this is this full podcast, this full episode is going to be essentially like us documenting the whole experience from start to finish. It's Thursday the 24th of August currently. Yeah, Luke's going to be here. I feel, I feel incredibly comfortable in these chairs. I feel like we're allowed to invest in some of these for our own podcasting studio, but our hangout tower. We're in like extremely 70s surroundings, aren't we? Yeah, beautiful We've, though. It is beautiful. There's like... A so what kind of sofa? An L-shaped sofa. I was going to say a chaise long. L-shaped seating. I mean, amenity there. You've got lovely, maybe, lovely uh, ensuite bathrooms. Maybe we should do some sort of tour at some point because it is lovely. It's lovely settings. It could be the set of a of a horror movie. To be fair, a seventies set horror movie. Um, obviously, I don't wish that upon anybody. I don't no. have nothing bad. Obviously, ruin this stylish decor. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, this is just a mere setting where you, you might see us here a few times when we're recording. We're going to try and do some wrap ups after every day. So today yep. is Thursday. So as Ben mentioned, in just a short time, uh, probably about 20 minutes or so, we're going to head out the front door. We're going to head ourselves down to Leicester Square Theatre. 
and we're going to get ready for the opening film. The opening film on the opening day of our first ever Fright Fest. We've never attended. Obviously, we've covered the film festival from afar, and we've been covering this one prior to the festival as well. But for the first time, we're going to be there in in public. In public? In public, in, <laughs> in person. In the flesh. In the flesh. The suitable flesh, which is the opening movie with... That is the best Heather segue. Graham. That's the best segue. The segue I'm going to say the best segue of the whole podcast so far with Heather Grainer herself. Maybe she's actually attending, but imagine if she was. We don't know the seat allocations. We could be sat next to her. <laughs> Quite close to the front row, I imagine a celebrity of that. Yeah, that's true. Get somewhere in the back near the middle. So in the main screen, we are quite close to the front row. So if anybody, any, well, I don't know, not just major names, you know, but anyone involved in these films is going to be what is going to be here at these screenings. We're going to be merely a stone's fr- a stone's throw away, yeah. a throne's stow away. <laughs> I nearly yeah. said that. Um, we could throw popcorn, probably don't get popcorn. To be fair. Yeah, I mean that much. You're going to get the podge by the end of the weekend if you're having popcorn on the first screening. <laughs> you're going to be bloated. You're going to be egg bound. You're going to be. It's true. Stuck. It's true. It is. But we're 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 excited. We're looking forward to it. Um, obviously it's going to be great to see people. They're guests of the show um who have been on our on previous episodes former guests former interviewees maybe some future guests and interviewees definitely you know, you some future guests um yeah so we've got like a, a a list arm's length of people to people to meet and hang out with come and say hello to us of course i'm saying that before this podcast is going out after the event um so, so i hope that by the time you've seen I this hope. you did see us yeah we have mentioned it before i've always feel bad and you you've seen us if you are listening to this oh i was there and i didn't go and say hello to them but i'm listening to this now and now i'm lamenting my life choices come and see us next time that's all right we've got the time we've got tiny little microphones as well which of course we will be using i kind of a funny story is that when i ordered these from amazon i thought that they may be big ones we're gonna get like a little (laughs) we're gonna get like a big cube that said the horror hangout logo yeah and if you're listening to this audio only they are tiny tiny little miniature borrower microphone <laughs> yeah, like, obviously they're just lapel microphones but for some reason when i ordered them the way they looked i was like oh we got like a big microphone for the for when we're on the media wall that'd be great but they're tiny and me being me full that do i think well, i mean mustn't waste anything that's true yeah. so we're we're ready we'll be out there with our tiny little barbie microphones <laughs> um yeah the, the barbie podcast inset so, so we'll what, be there well what we got down for day one so, so obviously We'll, we'll try. We'll try and do some wrap ups. We'll try and do some interviews with 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 filmmakers like around about the time we can. But we're just going to be chatting to anyone we can. So this might be a, a longer episode than usual. I'm sure. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be two parts. <laughs> oh, that's unprecedented. Episode ninety nine, the two ninety nine, and three hundred. The breakfast extravaganza. Wow, Who exactly. knows? We'll see how much footage we get, everyone. But it's opening night tonight, so not a full day of festivities. But we do still have a couple of things going on this evening. So the aforementioned Heather Graham vehicle and HP Lovecraft story, it's on part one of our preview document that we put out as well. We're going to do lot. our best to see as many as, as we can between the screeners that lots of the marketing teams have been kind enough to send us in advance to whatever we can catch. Sometimes all together as a duo or trio once Luke arrives, sometimes split the party a little bit to get maximum coverage. Aren't we nice to you? Don't they say, though, to never split up? I know they always say in horror movies, but yeah, in horror movies. But I think when you're experiencing horror movies, and you're experienced enough in horror movies, yeah, I think if you've got if you've got the chops for it, I think you can absolutely (laughs) be bold enough to split. Because it's about doing a different thing. That's what independent cinema is about. Yeah, making 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 different choices. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So it begins with 
Heather Graham starring H.P. Lovecraft inspired slash original short story by um, Suitable Flesh this evening. That is opening the festival. We will be at that front and center. Front and center. I think we're actually one row from the front and not very central at all. But you know, the, I know what you mean. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. I mean, it's convenient <laughs> for getting out to the bathroom, I'm sure. But that's what we're going to be to begin with. This isn't a film we've already seen, so it'll be our first watching as well as a premiere to start off. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we will give you our thoughts on that when we do a wrap-up tomorrow. After that, we have a couple of options. Now, earlier in the year, or was it last year's Fright Fest that we had the fall? Uh, last year's Fright Fest was last year's fall, Fright Fest wasn't was the, it? Yeah. Was fall. yeah. You know, a film about going up dead high and possibly falling off. Possibly. This year... Um, taking that theme and flip reversing it, um, they're going deep in the sea. Oh, that's just as bad, going deep in the sea. Yes, yeah, oh, so worse. In, uh, again in our preview document, The Dive, the story dive, about yeah. a pair of women stuck underwater in immense peril. It's one I'm going to have to miss from the main screening, though, because I am going to, I think we're both... I think we're both going to watch this next film, yes. We're heading off to see Punch, so... Andy Edwards, you would have heard him um, an interview with me earlier this year from Fright Fest Glasgow, where we were talking about the section he directed in the film Midnight Peep Show. Um, that was his part of an anthology, uh, a seaside slasher movie that he has that he's written called Punch. Those of you in the UK, everyone knows who Mr. Punch is. He's a rite of passage growing up for our overseas listeners, though. Mr. Punch doesn't just a big abuser. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, he's an egalitarian abuser in that effect. He doesn't just yeah, that's true. punch members of his family. He also punches animals like crocodiles. He's a bad boy. The police, basically. a police, a policeman. Yeah. A policeman. Yeah, yeah. So he's a he's a bad man. And in this film, um, he's an ever such bad man. And there's a young girl taking a night out in a seaside town before she moves away to university. And we're gonna get a classic British seaside slasher. Yeah, easy for me to say. Um, and <laughs> when I met Andy talking about the Midnight Future, this was something that he was passionate about making at the time. So, yeah, no brainer for me to get on this one. We'll hopefully we're catch up with Andy while we're here. Yeah, we're hopefully going to catch up with him as well um, to chat about the movie. And obviously, we'll do some sort of reaction to that as well. And then finally, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure if we're going to be checking if we're going to be at this screening, but the movie Cheat is shown um, at. In the main screen as well, but quite yeah. late, isn't it? Main screen uh, just before 11 o'clock tonight, or if you were so inclined at 10.40 on the Discovery screen, you could see Lore as well, which is another anthology piece. Yeah, yeah. I both think we're, we're going to chat about that because you've seen it. Haven't yeah, you, both of these films, Cheat and Lore, we've seen, um, we've managed to catch some screeners for, so always good to see these things as an audience if we get a chance, but yeah. we can flip a coin and decide which way we're going to go at the end of the day, not safe in the knowledge we're not going to miss out on anything yeah um of the two for those of you, you know if you're catching up on this later so law is an anthology piece we love an anthology over here we recently covered creep show 2 on a recent episode similar vibes right there's a group of scare chasing friends that do escape rooms and horror experiences looking for the most extreme horror experience they can they go out to the woods where a mysterious stranger on the bloody woods and then they'll take some time swapping some ghost stories. Um, features a lot of British cast members. Rufus Hound, for those of you that follow some oh, really? comedy. If you watched uh, Celebrity Juice back in the day, you get to see Rufus Hound running around a hotel in his pants, running away from a, nice. from a dangerous cult. 
Andrew Lee Potts is in this as well. Um, some of you may remember from ITV's Primeval, which was X-Files oh, but Dinosaurs. Oh, my God, yeah, I do remember that. My X-Files but Dinosaurs. My prevailing memory of Andrew Lee Potts is... I don't know where we acquired Primeval stickers from, but we were at a friend's 21st birthday party, and there was a trifle that no one really got the look of. But we had some Andrew Lee Potts Primeval stickers. This is a sentence that nobody's ever said before. I know. We played a bit of our own game of, like... (laughs) Booker, we had been drinking. It was his 21st birthday party. And we tried very carefully to slide the Andrew Lee Pot stickers into the trifle without breaking the surface. That's pretty. That's a pretty good game. What after we, does anyone after choke we, and die? Well, after we, after we completed that round of the game, we did exaggerate to other things people had in their pockets. So change, coins, blue condoms. Change. condoms. Um, and then towards the end of the party, an uncle came over. Oh, so no one's going to eat this trifle. I'll take that home then. <laughs> He's a good home. I've never seen him again. Never no. seen him again. He's... I wouldn't. He's not a member of my family. But yeah, that's true. if you're out there and now you've become a horror movie fan, I'm sorry that we ruined that trifle. Imagine he, he consumed it all without really checking, and then they checked his his, checked his stool. Yeah, he, he had a bad tummy, and he was like, "Picture Andrew Lee Potts in it," and they betrayed him. <laughs> um, that's not what the film's about. There are some fun, very oh, British like. Yeah, it's it's a nice little bit of an anthology film. It's a good fun. I like an anthology because even if there's a story you don't gel with, mm. guess what? There'll be another, one along, be another one along in a minute. I guess what we'll do is we'll try and do a bit of a roundup thing um, at the end of the day and also talk about the films that we've seen on screeners that were also shown the same day. If that yeah. makes sense. Keep everything to the same day and then we'll try and break the podcast up into sections by day, I guess. Yeah. That probably makes sense. But yeah, uh, we're looking forward to it. Very excited. Yeah. On that note, we will leave you here for now, everybody. I mean, for you, the listener or the viewer, the transition will be seamless. I'm not the transi- sure gonna the transition will be absolutely se- seamless. Maybe we'll even put, we could have a jingle. We probably won't have a jingle, but. Just maybe a snippet of the theme. Just maybe a snippet of the jingle. Yeah. That's a good idea. I like that idea. We'll work on that. Um, in the meantime, I will pass over to future Ben and Andy. Oh, we're doing the, it like that, are we? On, on the red carpet. Get yeah, yourselves you. on it, onto the red carpet. See you later. Bye. Bye. So here we are at Fright Fest, and with Andy Edwards, director of Punch, which we just stepped out from watching the world premiere of. Andy, how did you feel seeing it up there? Yeah, it's a big screen. It's, it's, very it's big. quite nerve-wracking for a little indie, low-budget movie shot on the south coast of England to be on a screen that size. It's, yeah. I'm building. Oh, but it was it was amazing. I certainly enjoyed it. Not just saying that because you're standing here. Thank you. Um, but and I heard you talk at the Q and A afterwards. We're hoping this is the beginning of a a British slasher boogeyman franchise. Right? That that is the plan. You know, we we don't really have one here. We don't have a you know, Freddy or your Jason. And yeah, Mr. Punch is is going to be the one. Hopefully, I hope this will do well. And yeah, we'll get to do Punch Two, Punch Three, Punch Four, and Take him out. Optimally, uh, for any franchise, what's your what's your space number? Uh, number 10, of course. 10. Punch um, X. So Punch X. Um, <laughs> Miles Attacks. Yeah. Um, a crazy bit tech billionaire takes a bunch of colonists to Mars. But there's a stowaway. There's the punch. Oh, she's back again. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, really enjoyable film. We've, you've heard that it's going to be so streaming, sort of early 2024, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I think next year, hopefully, yeah, for streaming. Wonderful. Well, watch this space, everyone. We will no doubt be shouting about it. 
and I think we've talked about in previous ones, we will we get a lot of folks from around here on actual episodes to chat film with us. So you'll have to come and join us yeah, if you're available. Come and do a full film but and Edwards, thank you so much. We'll thank keep you. watching this space. Look out for more. Thank you very much, man. Alina Allison plays Frankie in Punch, which you've just seen on the big screen, uh, which was which was amazing. What was it like sitting on the big screen with everybody reacting and seeing your performance huge on like the biggest screen I've ever seen? I've never seen the screen. Um, it was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. I mean, I was really scared prior. I didn't invite anyone here. Uh, just because I was really scared and I was really nervous that I didn't want anyone to come. Um, Do you regret that? No, regret yes, that I really decision? regret this. It's a very good film. But I was up at the balcony, so I had. I didn't. Wow, well, you could see the. You I didn't get to see everyone reaction. else's reaction. No, because it was hidden away. It was great, though. I mean, and a great screen queen performance, I think. Walk and talk. I'm ready. Okay. Fire away. Another question. How, how, do you, how, do you think, how do you think Mr. Punch compares to other slasher icons? I mean, he is terrifying. He's got an absolutely terrifying voice, of course. Um, I think it's very different. Yeah. But it's quite... Mm, that's a very tricky question, because I haven't seen all the slasher horror films. Oh, but do you have a favourite of them? Purge. The Burge, okay. Or There's Scream. lots of Burge films. Yeah. Which one in particular? The original. Okay, yeah. Original's best. Original's best. Always best. Mm. Um, I liked it. I liked Mr. Punch. Yeah. I think that he was, and I really liked the concept at the end, Punch and Judy, and like you really got that kind of vibe yeah. that it was a cult horror. 100%. You know? Yeah. It's a really great slasher film, um, a really iconic villain, and of course a great screen queen performance as well. Very, very... I like. When they, I want to say hysterical, but in the best it possible way. It was hysterical, way. though. It was in a great crazy way. hysterical. Like, huh? What kind of direction oh, did you yeah. get from? What kind of direction did you get from Andy, like in terms of that performance? Or was it, did it all uh, come from you? Was it all, did it come no, from No, it, it was kind of like, okay, what would I be in that situation? What would I do in that situation? What would Frankie do? You know, then I met her halfway, and then I was kind of like, I would absolutely, mm. you know, lose it. Lose my. Yeah. I don't know but most of the time, when you see a screen queen performance, they usually like, behave in a way where you're like under pressure most people wouldn't do that but i felt like you brought was something it to it you yeah it felt really oh, real it felt incredibly real did you think that too yeah really that's good oh, so it's i said i haven't seen it and i shot this, it last year this is the first, so this time, is the first time you it, saw yeah. it wow okay so how did that feel did it almost feel like if you see a performance of yourself from like a year ago are you more critical Oh, yeah, that very, very critical, but then also you've got to put it to bed, you know, like I did that last year and I had fun and everyone, I think the filming of it and everyone that was involved in there just did an amazing job. It kind of, yeah. you know, it was like a very accomplished film yeah. and uh, it was great to see it on the big screen. So congratulations and thank you so much for talking. Are we cheersing the microphone? Cheers the little mics. Hello again. So I'm here following the punch burger with Faith Campbell. Member of the Punch Cast. Yeah. Uh, ben already posed the question. What was it like just now seeing yourself dying alive? I was so excited to see my death because um, we we were meant to do it all in one night when we were shooting it, but it was actually snowing and we were like, I'll actually get hyperbermia if I go. Um, so um, we did pickup shots later in November, quite a few months later. Um, so I was unsure how it was going to get put together, and I've never done a death scene before. So uh, that was my favourite thing to do anyway, in general. I think today we're going to see you in more Yeah, ho hopefully, um, hopefully I can do more horror. I love thrillers, um, particularly. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing more death scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and no spoilers, obviously. Everyone who listened will be able to 
watch this in the coming months as it comes out. Yeah. It comes out of the services in the new year. Yeah, I'm uh, so. streaming in the new year, yeah. Amazing. Well, watch this space. We will be talking about it on the show, obviously. But thank you so much. Thank Enjoy you. the rest of your festival. Thank friends. you so much. Thank Thanks. You. I'm here with Mr. Mark Sears himself, one of the people behind Punch, which we just watched the world premiere of here at uh, Fright Fest. Mark, how was your experience making Punch? Well, making Punch was, uh, it was a really interesting experience. Um, came on as the flight choreographer and the uh, the action director. Um, and then I was also told I was going to be doing the punch character. Uh, at first, it was just more as a Dublin thing. Yeah. But as I put more and more character into the role with my physicality and the, the voice as well, they also opted to use my voice, which was manipulated as well. But um, it turned out to be a full-on role for me, and uh, obviously I got my ice cream man role at the beginning, and I, oh, nice. I shouldn't be saying any of that as well, because uh, this guy, he's he's not even he invited. Is. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> he's just so good at stealing my bloody thunder. I know, yeah, kind of true, kind of true. <laughs> and then you're, we heard in the Q&A that you're returning to bring some more violence to the 100 Acre Wood. I am, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought, like, we need a coordinating Winnie the Pooh with a chainsaw that's just on my bucket list. Obviously, crazy, crazy, crazy show. Yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic cast and put it on, on Punch. It's just an absolute pleasure working with, uh, with this team. And just just having so much fun with the character and just bringing the characters to life. And, yeah. I would love to see a sequel. <laughs> a sequel, yeah. Yeah, hopefully the first of many, we hope. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, we've been talking uh, punch in space. Uh, we've been talking, yeah. uh, you know, the punch. down under we got from the. Yeah, punch right? down under, uh, punch in Ibiza, punch undead, yeah. zombie punch, uh, punch versus werewolves, punch versus Winnie the Pooh is my personal favourite. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Mark. We'll let you go and get yourself a well-earned drink after the Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. Doing this, uh, light blast. Light blast, booklet. It smells good. Yes. The, the paper merchants have done really well. It's quality paper. It's a good GSM. It's a good GSM, and there's absolutely loads of these in, at Fright Fest all over the event. On the seats, piles of them everywhere. I feel like they printed too many; they can't get enough. Uh, okay, so this is our. We're, we're going to round up day one. Day one. <laughs> day one. Thursday at Fright Fest. We we bloody did it, Ben. We bloody did it. Thursday at Flight Fest. Uh, so yeah, currently peek behind the curtain. Just after one in the morning, we're back from first first couple of well, first day of screenings. We sure are. Um, at this point, I guess you will have heard some interviews with the uh, casting crew of Punch. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, there are less films on today than like full days, so we only saw two today. Yeah, just but we got a chance to talk to the casting crew of Punch, um, which was was fun, which was great. Everyone was lovely. And uh, the reason we stopped at it too is we did neglect again peek behind the curtain. We neglected to build any time to eat anything, so. This is the thing, yeah. There's so much time to actually watch movies that actually sustenance became... It became, became secondary, but secondary, secondary because of the good folks in the marketing teams that helped us out with some screeners. We'd seen the last couple of films that were on for the day, so we were yeah, able to... We sure already had. caught up on those, and we were able to actually get ourselves some food before we keeled over. But the four films in total that we've 
that we've seen that were on the lineup today that we can cover. Yeah. Um, should we begin with the with the film that opened the opened the festival, right? Yeah. So, Suitable Flesh was the opening film um, on the main screen of the festival. These screens are massive as well, by the way. Enormous. I've never we... been in such a big cinema screen. <laughs> we're, we're in the second row. Oh. We're in the second row, and it is insane. It's it a is Lovecraft, a neck breaker. It's a, a Lovecraft-based story. I felt I was losing my mind. Yeah. There's one particular scene, um, just I'll say, for these films that aren't on general release yet, um, we're not going to go full spoilers on these. Maybe no. slightly more than if you were going in completely blind. We'll talk a little bit about what we thought about them and some of the themes, but we won't do standard episode spoilers on this one. We're just going to talk about some generalizations. But I will tell you, is that when you watch it on a screen that big, crap in if your kids are listening, cover their ears, there are quite a few sex scenes in Suitable Flesh. And in one of them, there the are so many sex scenes. Insane spinning. Oh, yeah. I, I thought I was losing my mind. I, I, thought thought I, I actually felt like, terror. I actually felt dizzy. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever had that from like watching. Uh, it's because of the size of the screen, I think. Yeah. There are a lot of sex scenes. It's very a very horny movie. Obviously, you've got Heather Graham, you've got Barbara Crampton. You've got a leading man. Well, there's a couple of lookalikes. There's a guy who looks like Zack Snyder, who plays like the husband of Heather Graham. Edwards. And there's another guy who looks like the lead singer of Creed, Scott. Is it Scott Stapp or something like that? And the, um, and the actual names I will just but, pull up. But like a young there. version of him. And uh, that was weird. Seeing him in a sort of sexual situation with Heather Graham was very was very strange. Um, not the most unconventional couple. They could have easily been a couple in the two, early Both 2000s. Scott Stapp and, uh, and Heather Graham. Barbara Crampton's great. I think Barbara Crampton's great in anything she's in from years ago, but also now, obviously as H.P. Lovecraft inspired, Stuart Gordon inspired thing. Um, so even though there wasn't loads, I mean, there was a bit of body horror, but there wasn't loads of body horror. I was kind of expecting it to go in that direction, but it didn't. So it's based on Lovecraft's story, uh, Something Left on the Doorstep. Yeah, that's And right. it would have been, I believe the director said in the beginning, it would have been Stuart Gordon's last film that he was going to direct. Yeah. Passed away. Um, that's correct, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a, an homage to both the director and the, and the writer. And tell you what, Mm. I really enjoyed it. I think uh, I'd recommend people seek this out when it comes out, right? I yeah, like definitely. a little bit of... The director by Joe Lynch, that's correct. Yeah, that's that's obviously directed Wrong Turn 2, Mayhem, um, which I haven't actually seen Mayhem. I haven't seen Mayhem, you know. But this seems, it's really good. And I'm sure like, we were we were kind of chuckling along at some of the transitions in the films, but I think that was kind of done on purpose, wasn't it? Yeah. It was supposed to kind of look a bit um, silly. I guess silly. Like... Yeah, it definitely had elements of comedy in it, even though it was yeah. functionally quite a serious. But there were definitely some moments of humour that were in there. Yeah, I think the range of um, emotions and acting delivered by both Heather Graham, Barbara Crampton, certainly, and then the young male lead, which if my letterbox was playing ball, I would be able to tell you exactly his name. I have to insert this. Ben will insert this in text. Scott Stapp from Creed. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly we'll, who it was. We'll put it up on screen. So, um, a, a good bit of range from all of them as certain things happen to the characters and where they are yeah. mentally in the film. Um, but really strong, really strong concept. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason H.P. Lovecraft survives, and, and, re- and I guess a reason why this was this was chosen as the opening film as well. I think because Joe Lynch has got a 
um, such a relationship with Fright Fest. That was the reason it was decided to be shown. He did an intro as well, which was great. Cheat, next. Right, we'll bring up Cheat. Cheat. So this film showed, is the late showing in the main screen. Andy has seen this film. Uh, just a brief rundown. Yeah, there's so a, it's, there's a, a, it's ghost. a supernatural horror film. Here's the synopsis. On the surface, it is believed to be another urban legend. Supernatural being from the afterlife, violently killing anyone who cheats on their significant other in a small college this town. is This is Jeremy Kyle's actual dream come true. Because I feel like when someone's cheated, Jeremy, Jeremy Kyle's fuming about it. He um, is, and apparently he's not allowed to do lie detector tests or DNA tests if there's been violence. And unfortunately for this ghost, this ghost is visiting violence people all the time. Um, said someone in the lobby earlier, it has something derivative by comparing it to it directly, but it has a feeling to it, you know, like an inevitability, a curse that you've triggered and then something's coming after you that is, yeah, um, got a bit of an it follows about it. Um, but the story is very, very different. So it's a young girl who moves into uh, a house with a guy. Things happen between them. Called cheat. I don't think that's any major spoiler there. But then, you bloody cheated. That's right. I'm then, sending a ready ghost after. And you. then this ghost is coming after them. That takes that takes terrible revenge. It is a decent supernatural, a de- decent supernatural is it an horror English movie. Show? Uh, English language. It's an American film. Okay, English language American film. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I still need to check that out. So I think I I will be doing that. Um, obviously. The other film that we've already mentioned and we've you've seen extensive interviews with the cast and crew is Punch, which we enjoyed in Discovery Screen 1 um, Thursday evening. It was the last film of the day for us. Um, well, that we watched in person in the screening. And yeah, I mean, it was great to sort of witness it with the cast and crew because they'd not seen it before, so we could kind of hear their reactions. They were laughing a lot. Yeah, there um, was a lot of laughter in the cinema. And like- yeah. It's a. I'm fine with that. It's a slasher movie that doesn't take itself seriously. It intends to be tongue in cheek and funny. Yeah. I think that, despite having some violent slasher kills in there as well, and I think yeah. the director. So it's like a seaside slasher movie yeah. taking place. Like I think it was shot in Hastings, and they said Batten on Sea, um, and then a killer who's wearing like a punch mask, so like Punch and Judy style mask. And yet, yeah, for overseas listeners, it is a very strange. Tradition. It's very strange. Yeah, tradition. It is. Um, of, of about a well, domestic abuse, hor- horrible little misogynist, <laughs> horrible domestic his wife and a dog and a policeman and a crocodile. Yeah, exactly. But um, in this seaside town, he's presented as a as an urban legend for people to behave themselves. There's some serious themes running behind it, but on the on the face of it, it is a fun flasher movie with. Yep. Horrible bloke in a in a punch match. Yeah, and I mean some great performances. Obviously, did speak to some of the some of the actors from the thing. But yeah, some great performances. A great sort of lead and final final girl. Um, but also some great supporting characters as well. Sometimes slasher movies suffer from having bad supporting characters or supporting characters who are keen to die immediately. And I don't think this film's kind of got many of those. There's some weirdos, but yeah, there's some, there's some strange <laughs> characters. Oh, like and a... for friend of the show. Alice Taylor Matthews, um, yeah, full frontal male nudity. Full so frontal. add it to your watch list. It's, it's full frontal male nudity, which was which was unexpected, um, but always welcomed. So and then after that, in the same screen, which is a movie that you also saw, Andy, was the movie Lore. Yes, Lore, and I believe we spoke about this a little bit on our first section that we recorded here as well. So that section of. Um, very very british rufus hound in uh 
in a in a hotel where where he's being pursued by a bunch of cultists. We have Andrew Lee Potts in a warehouse pursued with a, with a monstrous creature that he's facing up against while he's trying to run oh, around. Okay. So it's an anthology, you said, didn't you? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, an yeah, anthology of four of four individual stories that are presented as some people life old fashioned style sitting around the campfire telling some scary story. A bit like we could do in this uh lovely surrounded Ben if we weren't if we weren't well this is the thing we didn't we didn't didn't mention this already obviously we started off we started off today sat in some very nice podcasting chairs we're ending the the day in on a cozy cozy cast on the sofa um dimmed lighting andy's got a bottle made of pure pure solid gold solid gold bottle he's drinking some lovely who knows what it could be but yeah so i guess i guess we're gonna try Maybe in the, maybe for the early parts we don't talk too much about the films because if we're going to be talking about them as much afterwards that's fine. Um, but yeah, hopefully some more interviews coming tomorrow. Um, what we got on the agenda tomorrow, Ben? What's what's up? Well, I guess we should just talk about it in the morning, shouldn't we? Oh, right. we'll <laughs> get straight to bed. We'll talk about what's on in the morning. <laughs> me, and, me and Andy, we, well, we can talk about it in bed if you like. <laughs> yeah. We're not sharing a bed, but um, we might. You never know. We might get lonely. Yeah, it was cold. It's not cold, is it? It's bloody hot. It's bloody hot. I tell you what, we'll we'll talk about films tomorrow. Today we'll talk a little bit about the atmosphere. I've never been in a cinema foyer so full of people. Yeah, this was insane. This felt like um, being like at a gig, essentially. A sold-out gig or an oversold gig where you walk in and you're like, that's just people, I'm not going to be able to move. And it kind of was like that. Um, and maybe a little bit overwhelming at start. Ben was getting start. a tear off because there were people standing in front of the posters. He wanted to take photos. Of. <laughs> I want to take photos of these damn posters. What are you doing standing in front of them? Yeah, stand, standing, texting, and then because we're it's a British film convention. If you stand still somewhere, then people immediately start forming a queue behind you. That's so true. There was an area where I just spent my time. I just put my back against the wall, but yeah. it was an illuminated wall that had posters on it, and I was like. I feel like this is affecting my fertility. I feel like I'm being irradiated <laughs> by this glowing wall. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you're plenty. Uh, for a, for a grow an extra arm. Be like the neogenic nightmare all over again. Like Spider-Man grew those extra arms. But yeah, the, the atmosphere is great. Obviously, after the showing of Punch, I think was when we experienced it properly for the first time, kind of mingling chatting to people, um, not really knowing who anyone was, but well, kind of enjoying you know, talking to the people because the way the screenings work, we have the main sitting, the main screen where we're going to be in every main screen film we go to. We'll always be in the same seats. But then, of course, for the the Discovery screenings, we're not, we aren't really sitting together for any of them. So I was sitting next to some fun people who hopefully yeah them a little bit later this week. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was it Lots was really more... fun. Lots of people to chat to. Uh, the atmosphere was really nice. Everyone's very friendly. So, yeah, if you haven't been to Fright Fest before and it's not a million miles away from you, unless things radically change next year, my opinion from day one is it's real good. It's busy but real good. Yeah, definitely. Right, we'll catch up with you in the morning when we do preview for day two. Quick outfit Friday. change. A quick outfit change. Yeah, I'm not gonna wear the same thing. Don't do that. That would be humiliating. Um, for everybody, or just say you got one of the same. T- you got ten versions of the same outfit, like, like, like Dexter, Char- like Charlie Brown. I might might see the same jeans. I'm not a fucking Taylor Swift in how many costume changes? You don't need to. Okay, right. See you in the morning. See you later. Bye. Bye. Um, hello, welcome to Horror Hangout at Fright Fest Day Two. 
we're here we're ready um for a full day of horror movies obviously yesterday we only only a couple yesterday but today we're going for we're going it's, good. it's, a, big, it's a big day today starting with a documentary that's your that's your veggies and then um... <laughs> that's your veggies that eases you in a documentary so we're going to see the j horror virus first thing this morning a, um, a documentary all about japanese horror and the boom of japanese horror in 90s into yeah. the, the, the remake wave that followed right yeah, exactly. So looking forward to that. I've been looking forward to that for a while, ever since it was announced. Um, I was extremely um, keen to check this out. So glad I'm going to be able to see it on the big screen. Glad I can get tickets for that. Um, <clears throat> we've got some main screen excitement as well. Creeping Death is a movie we're going to be trying to check out. Uh, new Life is on is on there, but we've actually seen that already. So, But we'll yeah. still do a review. We'll talk about New Life later. Yeah, a review of that. A movie called That's a Wrap, I think I'm down for. Last Thing Tonight. Um Interesting that the final film of the day should be called That's a Wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. Um, you're off to see Black Mold, though, aren't you? Yeah, I've got Black Mold today. So... That, does, that doesn't mean he's a landlord looking looking in a house for Black Mold. Making so... sure you've got something to do. Or maybe not bloody landlords. Bloody landlords, right? exactly. Um, They'll but... just paint over it, right? Yeah, that's right. It didn't sort out properly at all. But we don't know if that's what it's about. Actually, we know it's exactly not what it's about. There are two <laughs> photographers going to an abandoned site um, you know, to do some urban exploring. But then... The mysterious, and he's only credited as the man upstairs. Oh, right, bringing okay. back Steptoe traumas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a remake of, of that. Um, we've got How to Kill Monsters, a sold out screening of that. We actually sat with some of the cast yesterday. Yeah, we monsters, sat with uh, Lindsay, who's the one of the main stars of the film, and uh, Stuart as well, so who from the production company and directed it. So, yeah, we sat with those guys yesterday. Very nice people, both of them. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Hoping to get some interviews with them as well. Um, and then we're seeing Dr. Jekyll on, well, I'm seeing Dr. Jekyll on one of the Discovery screens, which will be pretty exciting. Um, Susie Izzard, um, I don't know if she's necessarily going to be there. Yeah, I don't know. But Isn't Susie Izzard running for, running for council these days as well? Well, maybe. Maybe too busy for the likes of Brightfest. But well, look, um, she's there. We'll, we'll try and try and say hi. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, and is there anything else? We've got a short film showcase. We, we have a short film. The first of the short film showcases is today as well. <clears throat> and because I'm a terrible completionist, when they said there were 70 movies, I was like, right, I'm just going to get my oh, completion percentage up. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. For the total 70 yeah, for the yeah. entire festival. So I thought, you can't right, see all of them. Can't possibly see all of them. Possible, isn't it? But I can get a high, I can get a high completion percentage. Yeah. Um, but then we have Werewolf Santa. Uh, ben and I have both seen that, so we'll talk about that later. Yeah. We have the Discovery screenings for this one sold out incredibly quickly. It's proven very popular. I think they've got three screenings running of it now. Yeah, I think they're all sold out as um, well. So. You will already see my interview with RL, the director, already on our bonus feed. But we're going to try and catch them live and Emily Booth live while yeah. we can. We're going to do what we're we here can. As well. We did manage to grab one seat at one of the screenings. Um, whether we donate that that's to all, Luke. That's all of us sat in it. Yeah. I reckon all three of us just yeah. um, share. One bum put, cheek. Put, put a big coat on. Put a big coat like on. Hugh, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> put a big coat on, like 18 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Walking in. <laughs> this guy, all right. Uh, yeah, so yeah. So we'll pass over to... Well, it worked last time. Hopefully it's going to work this time. Yeah. The future, Ben, Andy, and possibly Luke. On the red carpet, slash media wall, slash cinema foyer. Bye for now, everybody. Goodbye. I'm here with the directors of J Horror Virus, Sarah and Jasper. Welcome and congratulations on the documentary. Hi, thank you so much for talking to us. No thank problem you. at all. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you so you? much. Good. How are you? All right. I was seeing it on a big screen. Is that that is the world premiere, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, how did that feel seeing an audience taking it in for the first time? I was a bit nervous about being there with the audience, so I sort of ran away. Um, okay. Uh, but we saw at the end, it was quite nice, and people seemed to enjoy it. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is you're, you're always worried about how people are going to receive something, because it's quite, uh, yeah, niche subject matter, shall we say, but yeah. I mean, they, they seem to go down well. A niche subject matter, but one that's obviously got very sort of like rabid fans, maybe not the right word to describe them, but you know, but sort of very adamant fans um, as well. What sort of had, if you could pick a handful of J-horror movies to recommend to someone who was brand new to the subgenre, what would you recommend? Oh, well, you've got to recommend Ring. Brand new. Haven't seen Ring. Where have you been? Where the hell have you been? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ring, Pulse, for sure. Juon, The Grudge. Um, anything by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, Cure, Pulse again. Great little film also called Uzumaki which isn't quite in the J-horror vibe, but it's a, what about a town that's haunted by killer spirals? It's really cool, and got, some people turn into snails at the end. It's strange. <laughs> killer spirals. Well, there we go. Um, also, obviously, what I thought was quite fascinating was seeing a lot of the Japanese, um, a lot of the Japanese interviewees discussing like American and English language remakes. And they seem really positive about sort of a bigger audience for these films. But it's strange because I think in the horror in the horror sphere, a lot of critics aren't particularly happy about a lot of these English language remakes. So, so how did you was that expected when you started speaking to people? They were going to be happy about the English language versions. I think the Japanese always get happy when there's any focus on their cinema, and, and you know, if the film, if these remakes bring the film's originals into a wider audience, that could only be a good thing. I mean, there's many debates to be had whether they're actually better or not so i mean i always prefer the originals uh i did watch the ring uh 2002 remake when i was 10 and it scared the shit out of me so i think so that, that was I think it's pretty good. It's it's pretty you, good you doing the film so yeah but, you know you can't say it's better than the original so did you see you saw that before the original yeah. i did too yeah yeah okay scared me today so it's not good <laughs> In terms of the interviewees, was there anyone in particular that you were really glad took part in the documentary? Yoshi Kurosawa for me, like when we got him, he was kind of late in and we really wanted him because Pulse is probably, I think it's the best one, obviously it's, you know, my opinion. But, uh, yeah, are we? Yeah, Shinji Tsukamoto, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, they're very good at talking about their films. Um, for me, I think it was Teriyoshi Ishii. Uh, who made the very first uh, seminal day horror, Psychic Vision. And uh, that was a real discovery for me. I wasn't that aware of the title, but we were literally recommended by Norio Tsuruta, who I knew was very crucial, one of the genre's founding fathers. But he said, no, you've got to go back right to the source and watch Psychic Vision and, and interview Ishii. And, and I think it's great because it's a director and a film that's not particularly well known at all. I'd never heard of that one before, but I think after watching that, my watch list has definitely grown exponentially. How did this compare to making the documentary for the found footage phenomenon as well then, Sarah? Uh, this was much harder and yeah. because it was all in Japanese. Um, oh, yeah, of course. I, I edited it all in Japanese and I don't speak Japanese, so yeah, I use obviously subtitles. A huge challenge. That was quite hard. So, but apart from that, I don't know. 
Well, I mean, we weren't allowed into Japan because of the, the COVID lockdown. So so everything was done remotely. So it was obviously a bit difficult sort of coordinating stuff in Tokyo side. Um, we were lucky that uh, Tom Mez, my co-writer of Midnight Eye, was, was there sort of sorting out the sort of logistics of where to shoot. And uh, he lives there. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise it was a case of me writing to all the interviewees in Japanese, doing the questions for them and... Uh, hoping for the best when the footage came back yeah. and it was subtitled. I mean, amazing. It's good to see that all the hard work has paid off. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations on the documentary. Obviously, you're going to more film festivals and then hopefully it'll be available on streaming elsewhere. We'll keep our listeners up to speed with that. But thank you so much, Sarah. And thank Jasper, you. And congratulations Thanks again. Thanks for your interest. Thank you very much. So, I'm here after our screening of Black Mold with the director, John. John, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And congratulations. International premiere of Black Mold. Yes, awesome to be here at Fright Fest. It's not just my first time at Fright Fest, first time in London, first time in England. Oh, so wow. to be able to come here with the film is just, it's an awesome feeling. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And for everyone back at home, I've invited John up to Scotland already. We're looking forward to seeing him soon. You know, they do a Glasgow version of this. I have heard about that. So, yes. <laughs> when is that? Oh, usually it's two. Okay, okay, perfect. We can do that. So. I know this was a passion project for you. You're, a, you're an urban explorer. You enjoy those abandoned locations. So what was it like bringing like, another hobby to the big screen and using it to influence your film? It was really exciting because as I told our cast and crew going into this, we, we don't really see these type of locations in movies other than post-apocalyptic settings or you know, maybe just like someone's going into the creepy hospital to look for ghosts. To be able to tell a dramatic narrative set in these settings was something I was really stoked about. And it was just kind of cool because I like to do this for fun, but then be able to just do it for a film and spend every day in these buildings, it was really great. It was exciting. Amazing. And so an amazing bit of psychological drama as well. You'll get no spoilers from me here. You should go and see it out there. But the psychology of it, like how did you enjoy like meshing this? supernatural thoughts the the biological things that's the new ad for an outset with it the open series to interpretation that goes through as well yeah so you know it was one of those things i started going to therapy in 2017 and i really i've been thinking about what would this movie look like if i didn't go to therapy and because so much of it was not just exploring the psychological thoughts but just kind of exploring my journey with mental health and and being able to to wrap that into the story and knowing that I did want to kind of, you know, answer some things, leave some other things for interpretation because the point of view of the characters, they're not entirely sure what's happening. And I wanted to reflect that with the audience as well, but also not keep it completely vague that you have no idea what's going on. Okay. So final question then. So distribution, when can people hope to see this when they couldn't, if they couldn't make it to Bright Pass? So you've got more festivals, are you going to streaming? We have more festivals in the United States right now. We'll be doing a lot in October. Distribution talks are happening. Nothing is set in stone, so I can't say anything just yet. But we definitely want to bring it back to the UK and do some more festivals. Well, we will keep our listeners posted. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Enjoy the rest of your festival. Thank you, Andy. You too. Hello there. I'm here with Paul Butler, writer of How to Kill Mobsters, part of the team. We just, we just enjoyed the premiere. Did you like it? I loved it. I loved it. I heard you go in like an anthology direction and a new short story every time. I'll watch as many as you want to write. Oh, brilliant. That's and we've just there, yeah. found out together. 
both from Tamworth. 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 Yes. Sent to the universe. <laughs> so, awesome. what, what was the experience like? I mean, seeing it in front of one audience. I, seriously brilliant. I Obviously, I've seen the film before a few times and blah, 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 but I felt like I've seen it fresh again yeah. because you're always so nitpicky with your own films and I'm sat there going, oh, does that gag work? Does the kind of does the writing fit together? And then you sit and watch it. And in a way, I was just sucked into the actors, sucked into all the, the cinematography. The team we had was phenomenal. And hope people liked it. People seemed to laugh. Oh, they should have laughed. The and crowd seemed to cringe. really be enjoying themselves. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, it, but awesome. Yeah, really good fun. Oh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> phenomenal stuff. And then yeah, what's what's coming next for you guys? Back well, to the drawing board. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we're always in development. Me and Stuart do the writing together. So... I, I kind of say that I try and tame his crazy ideas, oh, but right. as you see, I, I don't. I, I let him run wild, <laughs> which is good for everyone. Um, and yeah, we are in development of a few projects at the moment. But definitely, same kind of vein, same kind of fun. We love horror. We love practical effects. We love gore. We just love enjoying the filmmaking process. So oh, well, you can be assured that we'll be here to talk about it when they're when they're coming out. That'll brilliant, be awesome, man. brilliant premiere. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Cheers. Hello again. A double interview after this uh, premiere of How to Come On. So here with Lindsay, star of the show. Thanks for taking that bottle, man. <laughs> so, what did it feel like watching up on the big screen, Lindsay? It was a bit surreal, especially this size screen. Um, but it's so amazing to have the premiere at Fright Fest. It's been, it was our dream when we started making the film that we would get into Fright Fest and have the world premiere here. So, yeah, it's been an amazing experience. To have it. Yeah, and the one audience as well. Everyone seems to really enjoy it. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, when, yeah, we sold out, which was insane and yeah hopefully everyone enjoyed it and had fun and yeah. that's all we can hope for and your role rising star in the horror world now i know i've certainly seen a few things of you with you in the, just over the last year or so you yeah. seem to really enjoy the genre so you're sticking with horror you're not gonna dive into period dramas anytime think, soon i mean that, that would be lovely um, i would love to do other genres as well but obviously horror is a lot of fun particularly horror comedy it's always fun to do that so yeah, getting covered you, in blood is it's just I become think, part of my, uh, <laughs> my you, daily thing you now. seem to have an affinity for it and it <laughs> yeah. was yeah ever so ever so enjoyable so for, for this particular film um more more showcases, more events, or are we going for digital distribution now? What's the future look like? Well, hopefully um, it'll go on the festival run now, um, and then, yeah, hopefully distribution news in the future. Well, for sure, no doubt, keep people informed of it. Now, I'm going to have to ask, because I've got a genre connoisseur with me now, do a podcast called The Horror Hangout. So we're talking about when you're inviting films around, people around to watch a horror movie with you, Yeah. when the responsibility's on you, what film are you picking? Uh, I've got to go for my favourite franchise, it's Scream. Scream's my favourite. I've got a, yeah. Scream 2 is... There we Good go. Choice. Thank Good you. Choice. Yes. Excellent <laughs> choice. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you I know so there will be plenty of people on this one, so I'll let you get to it. But, Thank uh, you. So good. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thank uh, you. Hello. Welcome. Uh, we're with Stuart, the director of How to Kill Monsters, which you've just seen on the big screen for the first time. How exciting. Uh, welcome and congratulations first on the film. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you guys came. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad that we came as well. Um, I was it witnessing it with such a huge crowd, um, a, a, a loud crowd as well. Everyone laughing and jumping. It, it was overwhelming, to be honest with you, because, like, yeah, I've watched it so many times on my own. Obviously, I edited the film too, so I've lived with it for so long. Um, and then even when we tested the DCP in the cinema, there was only, like, three of us. 
So like watching it with the crowd was unreal, to be honest with you. I'm just yeah. glad people laughed. <laughs> oh yeah, as long as they laughed at the funny bits, that was amazing. As long as they laugh in the right places, yeah. I was that was the biggest worry. If not, you just overcommit and laugh yourself, and then everyone will join in eventually. Yeah, eventually. Uh, but yeah, it, it was amazing. There's so many amazing performances in it as well. I've been able to say at Mark performances seem to really carry it. Um, but the action as well. How was it choreographed as someone at action? It was intense. Yeah, it was just like, I, again, it's one of the things after Book of Monsters, we didn't really have much action. And I always kind of said, Book of Monsters is alien and this is aliens. Also, let's just go like, this time it's war. So I was like, let's just make it fun. So like Dan actually, um, Daniel Frace from the back cast who plays Melbourne in the movie, did a lot of the fight choreography. And then I met with Hamish Sachs, our amazing DOP, who made it look like it cost millions, very clearly. Yeah, we know it did. Um, he just, we put in a lot of camera movement this time, so there's always, the camera's always dollying around, it's always moving and things, and uh, just to make it, again, just like the movies that I love, there's a lot of Sam Raimi kind of canted uh, handheld yeah. and there, a lot of dolly shots. So what films would you say um, inspired it mainly? So obviously Evil Dead, but what films yeah. would you say? Yeah, again, hopefully it's clearly, you know, Edgar Wright's films are a massive influence, and we have a lot of whooshes and whip hands in there. So Shaun of the Dead is amazing. Uh, weirdly, my uh, my favourite film of Edgar Wright's is What Fuzz, which yeah. uh, you see a lot of in this, hopefully. Um, but yeah, other horror movies, God, I love everything. Like I love stuff like the 1999 Brendan Fraser Mummy movie. I love Stephen Summers' previous movie, oh, yeah. Deep Rising. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking awesome. Preston P. Treat Williams, right? Yeah, man. No, it's, so it's like, I, I just love that, that era of late 80s 90s horror like in the 2000s things kind, of, things kind of go in a different direction we start to lose those fun fun entertainment movies yeah things went more serious there's a lot of ghosts there's a lot of tragic kind of stuff but you really get that era and you try to just put as much that in here it's like let's make a popcorn movie it's yeah. just fun and when people go you know what what do I expect it's like you're going to get a goosey on horror movie that is what you're going to get that's hopefully it is a lot of fun and of course it is described as Saturday a Saturday night movie yes. as well, which I think I definitely get that vibe. A question we always ask here on Horror Hangout is what would be your horror hangout movie? So a movie that you'd hang out and watch with friends and recommend. Oh my God. If you're introducing it to them for the first time, for example. Oh, well, I probably would be The Mummy. Yeah. Because a lot of people haven't seen it, which is weird. Yeah. And I'm like, you haven't seen The Brendan Fraser. It was on BBC One every week for yeah. like, probably about 10 years. That movie, like, really is one of the films that made me want to make films. I was like, this is awesome. I'm having such fun. Yeah. It's just entertaining. So, like, yeah, The Mummy is one. And my wife, Lindsay Crane, who's in the movie as well, when I first met, um, we've been together for like over 10 years now, so we met at university. She was not his horror. So, I had to wow, do okay. this slowly. Yeah. I started with like American Horror Story, that's easy. That's like your gateway stuff. Uh, and then I was like, hey, you should watch Evil Dead. And you book that too. I'll be done. So, it's, uh, yeah, I just love those types of movies. It's like, you could tell if someone gets it, they yeah. enjoy it. If they don't get it, you're like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. <laughs> uh, luckily, it's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. As simple yeah. as that. Uh, also, like horror films set in a police station, I think something about that. It gave me sort of like Resident Evil 2, the game. Oh, 100%, man. Resident Evil 2 was a massive. I almost had a typewriter in there. And like, I almost was like having someone trying to use it. Even when everyone game. was like against the lockers, I kind of thought, this is the moment when Leon finds Marvin, like, <laughs> yeah. just when he's just been bitten. And even yeah. some of the soundtrack sort of beats felt a little bit. Yeah, Dave Dave Walker, who is our composer, he did Book Monsters too. Book of Monsters was like very 80s. This one, uh, we were like, what are we going to do this time? And he went, well, I'm going to do Con Air meets Silent Hill 3. 
and he's mega into his video games. What combination. So, yeah, hopefully, and I think he nailed it because there's those guitarists in there, you've got sexy sax. Yeah. You've got some cool stuff, so yeah, he really nailed the music on this one. Yeah, it was great. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the effects. How hands-on were you with creating any effects, or were you completely hands-off yeah, with that? Weird. It's weird, so obviously I have to be hands-on because I'm very specific about what I want. I'm one of those directors who likes to get in and start moving shit around and put more blood where I want it to be. So coming up with the effects work with Paul and Mark from DDFX, um, early on we were like, hey, because, you know, we made the film very, very quickly, because we did the King Star and everything. So we were like, hey, we're going to do a giant slug monster that's going to eat someone. And they're like, okay, how big does it need to be? And I'm like lying on my floor with a tape which you're going, no, <laughs> So that's always really fun. And then uh, we brought on Gary Allen, who's a props maker, to make like miniatures. So it's like a miniature Cthulhu and a police station. Which I think just nails that feel of the yeah. movie. Because if we do CGI, it's like CGI. It's like, no, we need miniatures. So I've currently got in my garage like a massive two meter wide police station model and Cthulhu. Oh, so I'm like, we need to do something else with that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to waste that. Yeah. Uh, well, wonderful. Thank you very much, Stuart. Thanks for talking Thank to you. us. And again, congratulations on How to Kill Monsters. Enjoy the rest of Fright Fest. Thank you guys so much for coming. No I really problem. appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks. This is very exciting times, man. This is absolute carnage. I feel like a war correspondent. <laughs> Fright Fest with Horror Hangout founding member, Luke Condor with a K. Luke, how does it feel to be at Fright Fest this year? It's overwhelming. It's too much was a screaming and it's all coming from me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a lovely time. I'm, well, I, am, I am finding myself like I'm slightly losing grip on reality where I'm seeing people and having to really debate myself. Is that person I know or do I know them from a film and therefore can't just go over to them and be like, hi mate. I think it's safe to assume you know everyone over here. You wave to this guy. Getting well connected by head edge. No, but, um, what are you? Uh, what are you? Um, I mean, we'll, we'll give a, do a recap. What are you looking forward to seeing at the festival so far? I like short stories, so I think I'm looking forward to the short films. You, you like in short stories? Is there any, if someone wanted to enjoy short stories in an audio format? Anywhere you'd suggest? Uh, you could go to theotherstories.net, listen to uh, horror, sci-fi, uh, short story every Monday. And, and I've heard, I think if you were, if someone really twisted your arm, do you think you might ever turn your short story prowess into a film one day? Maybe do some short movies to see that? Yes, like 10 minutes later. Oh, yeah. I think we could definitely do it. Yeah, don't call me about I could get used to being on that side of the press wall, I don't know about you. But Destin's good. Well, watch this space, everybody. If you would like to see what this team, Luke especially, would come up with for a horror short. Do watch out and we start crowdfunding these things, won't you? Your support's gratefully accepted in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks, Luke. Thank you very much. Over to you in the studio. Uh, I'm here with Takeshi Kashida, uh, all the way from Tokyo. Obviously, we spoke on Zoom mere days ago, and now we are in London together. Um, how are you enjoying the festival so far, Takeshi? Uh, it's a great atmosphere. I haven't, I've never been to a film festival with this kind of atmosphere. It's a bit, it's, it's like a festival for film fans. Yeah. Which is great. And of course, we spoke about your film, My Mother's Eyes. Yeah. You said you'd shown, you'd shown it at a previous film festival where you weren't sure if um, they were actually film fans watching you. So how does this audience compare? Obviously, your screening is on Monday. How do you think your, yours is going to compare? Uh, Japanese one. 
yeah, yeah, of course, uh, yeah, of course. You know, Japanese audience tend to be polite. Yeah. They don't, they don't laugh or they don't scream. But I have seen uh, five films already in five best. Every screening has someone to screaming. So I'm uh, excited to see how audience react to sure. my, my, my mother's eyes. Do you have a favorite film you've seen so far out of the five? Yeah, uh, Pound Cake was good. Which was that one? Pound Cake. Pound Cake, and yeah. you just, that's literally what you've just yeah. seen, is that correct? Wow, okay, so I didn't actually get a chance to see that, but you'd recommend it, yeah? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, uh, well, we're going to hang around. We're, we're going to offer a beer in a minute, aren't we? Yeah. We'll offer a drink. Um, and of course, we'll try and catch up to catch you again after his screening of My Mother's Eyes on Monday, but we're looking forward to Good morning, everybody. <laughs> good, good Morgan. Um, oh, yeah. So we've kind of messed up the way... Jesus, that's a tripping hazard. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> clutching onto that bottle for dear life. Um, okay, so we kind of messed up our... Um, no, no, okay. Okay, I'm out of many... A man of one talent. So you join us live on the way in to the Creative Fright Fest. The what's it, the short film showcase for the day will be starting shortly. We kind of messed up what we were doing. So last night we didn't end up doing like a sum up for the day, a roundup, because um, you know we went. We, accidentally stayed out till four in the morning. Accidentally stayed out till four in the morning. Went out on the beers, the elephant ears. I went to a drag show. Um, Luke Condor. No, I was going to say, I was going to make up a lie about him, but it's not fair, is it? No. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not fair to do that, honest journalism only. So we'll, what we'll do is our, our round up today, two and three we'll together, together tonight. Now, who knows, that might end up being the two, two, three and four together <laughs> if things go if, if things, things go, go wild right. again. I think that's part of the festival experience, though. There's been a lot of, like, everyone's keen to chat and hang out afterwards everyone's very welcoming i must say so um exactly everyone's very welcoming and luke's here for the first yeah you have not even been to a film yet i haven't been to a film yet but i have been very very drunk <laughs> <laughs> not from the not from the word go you didn't arrive drunk Boy, or did you he's always he's always drunk um yeah so luke's attending for the first session yeah that's exciting are you feeling excited about it yeah i want to see some short films if we get there in time We'll get there in time. And even if we miss one short film, but if we were walking really loud with our phones on the highest brightness, looking for our seats, shouting, shouting I fucking love short films, I do. Get them, get them down my neck. Shouting and farting. <laughs> shouting and farting. And you know, whatever else. So what's on the agenda for today? Short film showcase is first up. We bring it up for you. You're bringing it up for me. That's very nice of you. I know there's a screen of The Conjuring today in the main screen. Um, yeah, I so think... the main screen today we have Monolith. Cobweb is on this afternoon. Monolith, Cobweb, yes. We've got, um, I think the director of Cobweb is going to be on the media wall as well. So we'll try and catch him. So Monolith, I think. Monolith is 10.45, so that's just shortly. Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah. 10.45, so that's when we're probably going to miss that one. Um, and then after that, anything else? Pandemonium. And then Heard is this afternoon. You will have seen me interview Stuart from, sorry, Stephen from the director. Very yep. nice bunch. They've seen the cast around already in some screenings yesterday. So I think they'll all be in attendance. Very nice. Very, very nice. And um, then 
Farang and then transmission is 11 p.m. tonight. I did want to catch transmission. Farang and transmission. Yeah, we've not actually gone to like a super late screening yet, have we? Maybe transmission tonight then. Yeah, maybe we should. Um, obviously, we missed Werewolf, the screen of Werewolf Santa last night, but I think everyone had Couldn't fun. Get it seemed, honestly, it seems like proper party atmosphere yesterday going into Werewolf Santa. Like we've got a video of the carnage just before that. Um, and it was so confusing that I even forgot to switch the microphones on. So hopefully the audio will come out well. But there's, more, there's yet more. Today's a big day. So you're right, Ben, there is a screening of The Conjuring. Also, The More. Isaac is another film that we've caught in the previews um, about a couple who tried to conceive a new child with, um, with like gene therapy and genetics with an engineering company. That was an interesting film. Uh, the Glenarmor Tapes, which is one of my favorites. I've watched them. Oh, yeah, Glenarmor Tapes. I've seen that. Which is a uh, like an like an Irish like found footage movie, like a, yeah, really really entertaining. Sweet. So yeah, we'll be doing our roundup of day two yesterday and day three today together at some point. Maybe sit on the sofa with some mood lighting later on. So yeah, tune in for that. Um, but yeah, we'll probably have more interviews in between this this moment and and later. We shall back to our future us. <laughs> back to our future us. Can I just admire the shades just before we go? They're looking good. They're looking good. We've got to say goodbye to Luke as well, because... Hello. No, no, goodbye. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> I'm here with John Crinan, uh, former guest, friend of the show, just a lovely man in general. Oh, you're... Here, here live at Fright Fest in uh, the hustle and bustle of, of Leicester Square. Yeah, it's a little bit chaotic. Hopefully we're coming through. Loud and clear. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, so, yeah, we... I thought I'd catch up with you to ask you like, what you've seen so far, what you're looking forward to at Fright Fest. Obviously, great to see you here at the, at the event. Amazing. Yeah, it's lovely to actually be able to reach out and, like, you know, touch really you in, the, in a nice way. That, that sounds a little bit weird, but it's nice. It's, it's nice. It's always a nice. Uh, always much taller than I remember. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe I just, like, feel yeah, next could... to you. But I no, like no. I, like I hope not. I hope not. We're equals here. Uh, what have I seen? I have seen... Uh, well, I didn't get one of the fancy weekend passes that everyone's rocking around. I'm very jealous of them, but next year I will. Yeah. Uh, we've been getting single tickets to some things. We saw How to Kill Monsters last night, which I loved. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, the, the first movie, Book of Monsters. So I really want to see that. I'm actually in the credits as a Kickstarter backer for How to Kill oh, Monsters wow. as well. Oh, okay, wow. Nice. So I uh, had a really fun moment getting to point that out and go like, yes, that's me in the credits um, on the big super screen here. And then today I saw Cobweb, and Cobweb was fun too. Everything's been fun, but the most fun part about it has been like seeing everyone. Yeah. I'm walking through, I'm seeing the iconic stairs and walking up, I've got my selfie next to them. And just walking through the foyer, trying to go to a pee or trying to grab a beer, yeah. you just bump into everyone from Instagram. And that's it, like the best. So it's your first time? Uh, this is my first Fright so. Fest. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not. Oh, despite too. being in London for years and years. I never actually made it along to here. Yeah, we yeah. just said we keep doing this thing where we see people and we're like, do we know? Do we do we see them because we know them from Instagram? Do we know them from a film, or do we actually know them in real life? Because if you don't know them in real life, you can't just go up to them and say, "You have." <laughs> well, I've had a couple of you like that, and I'm always so enthusiastic. I'll always run up and be like, "Can I give you a hug?" You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's awesome, and everyone's so lovely, and uh, it's already happened to me just now. Actually, when I just was in Cobweb, we were just going to the bathroom before the film started. And someone from Instagram saw me, grabbed me, and I was like, I really want to talk. I really want to say hello, but I have to run. I've got to get into their screening. Uh, so, the, 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 you know, I think the best thing to do is just to always go up and say hello. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there is a moment where you don't know. Or it's just that moment across the room yeah. 
where you recognize the face and it just takes a split second to go, is that that's an insert person? Is that a real person? Yeah, yeah, is that someone that. I recognize from one of the films because all the stars are here as well? Yeah. It just feels like a big sort of like horror family environment that everyone's loving it, everyone's loving each other. Everybody's Good here. vibes only. It's so amazing. It's are so amazing. You, are there any particular screenings that you're going to for the next couple of days that you're looking forward to most? So I'm really looking forward to AIs. I haven't seen any... Uh, I don't watch trailers particularly. I might have said that on the podcast before. I try and avoid trailers for the most part. So I have no idea what I'm getting myself in for. I'm going to see AIs tomorrow. I'm seeing T-Blockers. I'm seeing something else, but I can't remember what it is uh, just because there's so much going on. There's a few that I've missed, yeah. uh, which I'll have to see some other time. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I would say those ones I'm most excited about. AIs I'm very intrigued by. By just because of who's involved, things like that. Who knows how it's going to turn yeah. out? We'll see. We'll see. Amazing. Yeah. There's so much more. Ama- so many more amazing films to check out here at Fright Fest. We're only on day three, so there's loads more. Oh, yeah. It's, day, three. it's day three. It's day two for me. Okay. Day yeah, two yeah, for you. Okay. Yeah. Day three. Uh, yeah. So obviously, looking forward to We'll catch up with you again, hopefully, John. Uh, I really hope. And again, hopefully, if you're on the show at uh, some point soon as Let's well. Do it. You know, we'll, we'll reminisce about our lovely time in Leicester Square. I'm always game to come on the show. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I feel so cool with my little microphone. Tiny microphone. Tiny <laughs> microphone again, lots of love. When I ordered them, I thought they were like big ones. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they're quite expensive. So I was like going, surely they're like, handheld ones. Yeah. And when they arrived, I was like, is this is this a joke? Well, as we all know, and as I say repeatedly, size does not matter, ladies and gentlemen. So, so really? Uh, really? I mean, <laughs> no comment. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks a lot, John. Uh, see you very soon. Thank you. Uh, hello, I'm here with Chris Mayer from Big Fat Cult, uh, which is TikTok, YouTube, sort of um, horror news, horror reviews, stuff, yeah. which has got a, a huge following as well, right? It's been going well, yeah. It's, uh, I think the good thing about TikTok is once you find an audience, suddenly everyone mm-hmm. kind of latches on. So, like, horror films are really popular, cult films are really popular. I talk a lot about weird, disturbing movies, kind of slightly cringy stuff. And obviously, I'm now doing festivals and things as well, so I'm here for five days, uh, dipping in and out of some screenings, and also um, chatting to other people and filmmakers. Is it so, the first time you've been to Fright Fest? It's the first time I've been as a, as a proper sort of media person, so this is the first time I've been seeing behind the scenes and bits of pops, but wow. I've been for, this is my fifth year overall. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A seasoned veteran, I think that makes you then. Yeah, years. it never gets any less crazy, though. There's just so much going on. Picking the right it's incredibly films, great. Yeah. to talk to, and also things like this where you've spoken to people on emails or in comments and stuff. And so many people turn up and you're like, yeah, 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 right nice. yeah, from that email thread three years ago. Yeah, cool, <laughs> nice to see you. Um, no, it's really cool. It's, uh, it's fun. Yeah, no, it is fun. It is it's really fun. So I'm just, you're enjoying the festival so far. What screen yeah. have you managed to, to check out? Um, so I got sent a bunch of films prior to the festival. So I've seen, I saw a bunch of stuff, and I saved the stuff I kind of wanted to see on a massive screen here. So I saw the opening film here, Suitable Flesh. I yep. saw It Lives Inside yesterday, which was really Oh, wow, cool. okay. How, really how was that? that. We, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't manage to check that out, but uh, you two have seen that. It yeah, good. it was really good. It was uh, a slightly different take on the kind of possession uh, movie, um, demons and some cultural stuff in there as well, which is really interesting. Very, very good sound design, which is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, in that main screen, the sound design is the one thing that's getting... I mean, I've yeah. never experienced jump scares like it. No, you cannot um, fall asleep in that screen no matter how tired yeah. you are. So, yeah. It's, uh, um, and my favourite so far is uh, Faceless in the Dark. Which is oh, wow, night. okay. So really, really loved. Um, very, very 
lots of very um, intense visuals, great sound design. Um, it was good fun. Yeah, I like that. Amazing. And, and, and um, you did. And did you mention you saw you've seen Werewolf Santa? I've seen well. Werewolf Santa. I'm a sucker for a uh, for a good title. I'm like, <laughs> this is. I, I'm a sucker for a slightly trashy but um, yeah. charming film. So. Yeah. Trashy uh, and charming is a good way to describe yeah. it. Obviously, we had the director, uh, Aero, on on the podcast fairly recently. Uh, and obviously, we interviewed Emily Booth last night just before they went oh, in for the premiere, which was, was super exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think this is a great festival to see stuff like that. Because yeah. Perhaps you wouldn't necessarily take a take a punt on before, yeah, but exactly. now you're here, you're thinking, you're going to see it on a big screen, might as yeah. well check it out. Definitely. Yeah, there's, there's high arts, best high arts, <laughs> there's... Uh, Oh, yeah, international films, stuff I would never normally get a chance to yeah. see. So, um, yeah. yeah, and also hopefully starting conversations with people, you know, and watching their careers. Yeah, of course. And, uh, That's what exciting thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and also it feels nice to have seen stuff before other people. So when you yeah. suddenly see film titles pop up, you're like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I've actually seen that. So uh, <laughs> no need to, anything that is coming up that you're excited to be checking out? I'm, so I'm about to go in and watch the more, which is a really oh, yeah. good folk horror film. Uh, I saw the screener for that, and I liked it so much that I want to go see it on the big screen. Amazing, yeah. Um, and and Fawns I'm seeing tonight, which is the kind of Hellraiser-ish um, uh, body horror sci-fi yeah. film, which looks like a really good eight throwback. So yeah. we we, we had Doug Bradley interviewed on the show fairly recently, so it's nice. going to be a base to see like him on the big screen as well. So yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much, Chris. Absolute pleasure. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy the enjoy the rest of the festival. Uh, no doubt we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Thanks very much. Take care. Cheers. Hello, we are at Fright Fest. We've just seen Cobweb, the international premiere of that film. Of that of that film. Yeah. There was a cobweb. There was a few cobwebs. Yeah. We saw the director. Uh, I can't remember his name. Top of my head. Honestly, Samuel. Samuel Bodine? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, that was right. I mean, if that is correct, I plucked that from some corner of my brain. <laughs> um, he did uh, the Marianne TV show. No. Oh, yeah. I've not seen that. Have you uh, seen that? Yeah, he was all right. There's some moments in it that are genuinely terrified. I can see, like, why this film... I see the good parts of this film, but see, like, where it kind of comes from. Yeah. I uh, like the... Uh, Spooky, spooky bits. Spooky, very spooky. I mean, a good cast as well. We've obviously got Anthony Starr, Homelander himself, and then what's the actress's name? I just recognise her from Mean Girls. Lily, Lily? Lily Kaplan, isn't it? Yeah, Lily Kaplan. I think that's right. Is yeah. she from um, what's the foot, Found Footage, uh, Kaiju movie? Oh, Find Footage, Cloverfield. Okay, okay. So she's a Cloverfield as well. Oh, she. Well, like she makes it big, or she actually physically blows up. No, no, she uh, uh, turns she into gives, a kaiju. Like eggs. Oh, Jesus. You don't remember? I don't remember that. No. But I'm going to go back and watch it now. She gets infected <laughs> with eggs. Because I bloody love eggs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love eggs. <laughs> Anthony Starr, obviously, uh, we know him mainly as Homelander. He's kind of doing a concerned dad thing for a while, but then he does revert yeah, back Homelander. into Homelander mode. Um, yeah. Occasionally, it works, like he's he's genuinely, genuinely quite scary. The, the bit where he's, he's like holding a hammer and he's like inviting someone to sit down. Oh yeah, and, yeah. It's quite. Terrifying. I think it's a good film. It's it's very atmospheric. It is a bit generic in places. Yeah. Like it feels like it borrows heavily from the Babadook 
um, yeah. uh, malignant, definitely, especially like without spoiling anything. The last 30 minutes go very malignant. It feels like it tries to just dial things up to I agree. 11. I quite like the craziness. It feels like when I think of the film coming out recently, Smile, uh, Smile the Boogeyman. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the the, the, the Rob Savage one. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like it's in keeping with that kind of big budget horror movie. It's kind of strange though because obviously it's very, very Halloween centric. I mean, we are currently in we're in a pumpkin patch. Yeah. Which is which is lovely, but um, it's very Halloween centric. Yeah. Takes place in and around Halloween. Kind of odd that it's come out now, I guess. We're still a few months out. It feels like the perfect sort of Halloween movie. You just shrugged. Don't give a fuck. No, no. The, I, uh, I, I don't know how the release side of it works, but I know what you mean. Um, we are going towards... I feel like we are going towards Halloween. Because people say Halloween starts in like August. Yeah. Halloween is always with you. Definitely, yeah. At all times. Halloween starts in August, is what you say. I'm thinking... Um, uh, name game. Oh, you were? Yeah. We've got some live name game. Wow. Off the cuff. So, in this film... Oh, spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, yeah, let's see. There is a big twist. So yeah, if you haven't seen Cobb, well, you won't have seen Cobb. Well, this is the international premiere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, spoiler alert. Sw- I'll, I'll, scrub I'll forward. Keep it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> so okay, so this film's about uh, a boy who's living with something else in the house, but this but something else in the house is like the worst person, like knob, knobweb. Knobhead. Knobhead. Just knobhead. <laughs> a knobweb is something completely different. That's what yeah. Peter Parker does when he's excited. Have you just done a... Peter, have you just done a bloody knobweb now? <laughs> <laughs> a knobweb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, there's something living in the walls and uh, it's ever so messy. Ever so messy. Leaving things all around. Doritos, bags... Empty bottles of Fanta, uh, oh. all over the place. Slobweb. Slobweb. Yeah, I mean, it was all, it was off the cuff. I feel under pressure as well. We're, well, we're standing in I the... Think, I think he, uh, he keeps it on the bed. Slobbed. I like that. A lot of people do do that. A lot of people sleep on the bed with, like, their washing for the last, like, 10 I, days. I, 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 there was a time when I did that. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so the film, Cobweb, would you recommend it? Would you not recommend it? Um, I think I'd recommend it because it didn't deep... I mean, as a lot of modern horrors with supernatural elements, especially big budget ones, a lot of them, when they feel generic for me, really lose my interest and I've got nothing positive to say about them. I wasn't huge on Smile. I didn't love Man. Yeah, I struggled a bit with Smile. This one, I feel like I'd recommend it more because I feel like at least it's... Even though it's trying to replicate some of the chaotic nature of Malignant, at least it's trying to do something a bit different, and I was kind of like interested to see where it would go. Um, yeah, yeah, and Gary Busey's son's in this as well. You know that? Yeah, I mean, tell me about. I told you already. Yeah. It's the only bit of trivia I've got. Gary Busey's son is in this, and he's like ten years old. So Gary Busey's obviously got right. a son, Jake Busey, who's like I guess fifty. Yeah. And another son called, and I'm not making judgment on that family situation. I just thought it was an interesting little, yeah, yeah. little nugget of information. I, I think that I definitely recommend the film. I would say it suffers from the same thing uh, that like us suffer from, where they 
tried to offer like too much logical explanation to the to the supernatural. I see, I see. Yeah, but they didn't need that. They just make it strange. You don't have to. Yeah, have you don't have to say this is where the 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 ghoulie is from and this is why they're like AR yeah. and this is yeah. It felt like we were like listening to a, a 80s training montage of how that person got to that situation. We didn't need it. But yeah. overall, I, re- I actually really like it. Yeah, I think the effects are good as well. There's some good effects towards the end as well. Um, and it feels like it's got a bit of a unique... Um, again, even though, yeah, sure, it borrows heavily from other things. When I think back to it, when I think of Cobweb, I'll be able to visualize a lot of things where I feel like a lot of other horrors are tad generic. And of course, Homelander, I think it would be great to see Anthony Starr in more horror because even though the boys isn't horror you would say at all like it's horrific so yeah. let's see him being a, a nasty bastard I don't want to get typecast but let's see him being but if he turned up being nice in the film I'd be confused yeah I don't know if he has that in him to be honest no I don't think uh, so either they did, did like play like a uh, play like the gimp on Tidonis However, he, f- he played a gimp once, so he's done Homelander and he's done and he's done gimp, so that's it. He's he's done all he needs to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but there we go. That's our little mini review of Cobweb, live. Well, I say live. You're listen- not listening to this live, but from the international premiere, standing in a little set of Cobweb with loads of pumpkins around. How exciting! Our heads aren't pumpkins. Before anyone gets confused, almost. Well, I was going to say my head's almost a big pumpkin. I think it's big. Get that in a pumpkin patch. Right. Bye bye. Uh, hello, here with Becky. Um, who appeared on an episode very recently yes. talking about <laughs> Talk to Me. I forgot for a second. <laughs> talking about Talk to Me. Uh, so, obviously, we're catching up with everybody who's been on the show in real life, which is lovely and amazing yeah. and very, very exciting and special. Uh, what Have you been enjoying the fest so far? You've been having a blast? Yeah, absolutely. It's my first year here as well. So, it's been a lot, sort of very busy, very loud, lots of people, lots of people that know each other, which is really, really nice yeah. as well. So it's like catching up with people you sort of know online in real life. So yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah, exactly. Lots of great films. Yeah, <laughs> so, great films. What did you just see? Uh, we just watched Farang, which was phenomenal. Wow, okay. And it's, really, it's really more like nice. an action thriller, right? Rather than a... Than yeah, a horror, I wouldn't such. say it was like an out-and-out horror. Some of the stuff it deals with is quite horrific. Like if you put yourself in that situation, you think, oh God. Like, yeah, scary. But, yeah, it's definitely more an out-and-out out out, like, action. Super, super violent? Very, very violent. Very gory. There's some fantastic action sequences in it. Oh, my God. I think, yeah. I feel like I've missed out now. It doesn't feel entirely fair. Very good. Any other highlights so far in the first... We're on day three at the moment, so the first three days. Any highlights? One of my favourites in Suitable Flesh. I loved that. It was just silly, horny horror that we don't get much of anymore. It was incredibly horny. I think sometimes we get horny horror, but it doesn't it doesn't stay horny. It's yes. like, oh, this is a bit horny, but then we move on to something else. This was like ninety percent horny, ten percent story. <laughs> this is alright sometimes. Oh, I you loved know? it. Really, really good. Really strong performances with it as well. It's not like it just sort of focused on the yeah. silliness without having any like yeah. story or performances to back it up. It was an all round. Even the smaller roles film. seemed really. Well performed. In oh, there. absolutely. And Barbara yeah. Crampton still got it in, An icon. in many ways, <laughs> you know. Her and Heather Graham, just, I want them in every film. Yeah. They should have been in Farang. It was a combination. <laughs> they should have been in Farang, just like everything. <laughs> a new action duo of uh, Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton. I'd watch it. Absolutely. I'd 100% watch it. Um, is there anything else you're looking forward to seeing for the last two days or so? I'm looking forward to Transmission, which is on next. Yeah, that's, that's tonight. So we're going to head into that. Like immediately after this, essentially, yeah. yeah. Quite a 
a bit of sci-fi horror here this year, which is exciting. Again, it's something I don't feel like I've seen for quite quite a yeah. while. So it's nice to see so many little offerings of it here. Obviously, we've got yeah, Hostile yeah, Dimensions, yeah. River, and this one. River, yes, of course. Are you going to see River? I saw that this morning. Again, oh, okay. another one I really, really enjoyed. We're trying to get in on the, on the second screening of it, but it seemed, yeah. it seemed like that was sold out as well. So obviously, another film super popular. Yeah, I, I can see why as well. It, it's another one that I don't think is like an out, an out horror necessarily yeah, it's very but... gentle very fun it looks beautiful yeah. so yeah yeah definitely amazing well uh obviously we'll be catching up plenty more watching more movies we still got a couple of days left it kind of feels like it's flying by it really does but... when you're in and out of the screenings there's so little break in between them. yeah it's... it is a whirlwind yeah, i think that's one thing because you obviously you said it's your first fest it's our first fest as well and i think that's one thing i'll say it's feel like a whirlwind you kind of feel like you, you you're gonna have time to take everything in <laughs> yeah, and you're like here now it is pretty intense yeah so uh well thank you very much becky great very to see you. you great to <laughs> see you uh yeah catch up again soon yeah absolutely. thanks a lot hello again we're here still at fright fest of course we are um i'm here tonight with emma Cowley, a hello. freelance journalist a writer and font of charisma we've been told yeah overflowing with it uh, we were seatmates at some of the short films this week, yes, right? Yes, that's how we met. That was our meet-cue. That was our meet-cue. You're watching the short films. What do you think of those before we go into bigger ones? I always love the short film showcase. It's pretty much one of my favourite things about Fright Fest. It's always good, guaranteed. Um, so I was really delighted with basically every film in it. I think one that I saw the strongest reaction from both of us sitting on those shows, was it safe? The one with the, the yeah there's yeah the there's a there's a moment yeah. yeah but there is a moment where you think things are going bad and then they get worse and we're both like squirming in our seats not knowing where to look i couldn't watch the last few minutes of that i think i and also though there was one with a fly in an ear that was really um, good as well uh i knew what was coming with that one which made it worse i think but yeah Beautiful offering, always is. Amazing little short film show, I guess. But you've just about have a found footage movie, right? Yes, the Glenn Armour tapes. Yeah. yeah. And what did you make of that? Um, I really, really liked it. I think that they, for a found footage that was kind of inspired by the Blair Witch Project, I think they managed to make a lot of really original choices, things that I wasn't expecting. And obviously, as a genre fan, I've seen it all before, especially when it comes to found footage. Um, so I was surprised by some of the choices, which is good. But also, like, seeing found footage on an IMAX screen... Takes a physical toll, shall we it say. It really does, yeah. The motion sickness is real. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait when it comes out and I can watch it on a normal-sized screen a little bit further away. Yeah, so you can actually take the comfort to enjoy the story. And I thought from yeah. seeing the previews of it, some really sharp dialogue that you actually feel like young people these days might say rather than are written by old Well, folks. yeah, I think they did a lot of improv, they said. Yeah. Um, there was a script, but they were allowed to kind of banter about a bit, which was nice. Um, and they did seem like genuine friends that you see them together. Yeah, they spent a lot of time developing the characters and you really kind of got to know them a lot, which made their turmoil even worse because you really came to give a massive shit about True story. So what else are you seeing? We've got a couple of days left. Anything you're looking forward to still coming up? 
Um, my main thing that I was really excited for today was River. So yeah. that was like, I feel anything after that's going to be a bonus. Um, I've got Haunted Ulster Live coming up next, which kind of looks like a most haunted style thing. But um, yeah, I've always wanted to know what would happen if that went badly wrong. So I'm excited to find out. Like real, like ghost watch kind of vibe. Yeah, like well, right? actual. There's a ghost, and yeah. So yeah. oh well, we're we we're off to see transmission. So we're in opposite screens for the next one. So we'll come and swap notes when we're done, I guess. Yeah, I think we should because transmission looks really good. Oh, we'll come and trade notes, and we've already spoken about this off mic, but we'll make it official. We're hopefully gonna get you can get you to come and join us on a full episode at some point. Bring your charisma to our feed. I feel like you need it. Yeah, like I think if there's any notes that anyone has. Most of our reviews say more charisma needed, to be honest. So yeah. okay. you could really help us out yeah, with that. We'll, we'll make it worth your while. We'll, we'll talk these later. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy your next one. You enjoy yours. I will. I'm on me up afterwards. Perfect. See you later. Bye. We're here with Mike Hurst, director of Transmission, writer, writer yeah. of Director of Transmission, yeah, and just financier. after. And financier. I won't be asking you to find me a drink. Literally just after the final Saturday night big screen in, in the IMAX uh, world premiere as yep. well. World yep. premiere as well. Um, you were sat right behind us as well, so oh, we could, oh, yeah. That's my nervousness coming Second off. Second nervous yeah, yeah. vibe. I made the film scary. <laughs> well, obviously you said you were nervous beforehand, so how, yeah. you, how are you feeling now? I feel relieved now. I feel like it went pretty well, and um, you know, the film played um, fairly well in the crowd, I think, and um, I'm just glad it's over. It's, it's a weird feeling. I wish you could make films and not have to show them, but oh, that's not okay. being practical, yeah. It's not, it's um, not incredibly practical, is it? Yeah, like, you've been doing this for a long time as well. Yeah, but normally I make a film and it comes out, it goes to Sci-Fi Channel or it goes to DVD via Lionsgate or something. And they're like $2 million projects, but there's no premiere. There's no festival screenings. They yeah, just go straight to where they're supposed to go. And you hear afterwards if people like to or not, in terms of you get an email saying, yeah, ratings were quite good. It doesn't mean anything. Whereas yeah. here you get to sit in a room with films fans, horror fans, yeah. and really get sent to the atmosphere and stuff. Way different experience. So way more gratifying, I guess. And more gratifying in this sense, yeah, but obviously way more terrifying as well. Yeah. I don't particularly dread the email from Sci-Fi Channel, but I was really dreading staying in case people hated yeah. it. Or, you know, I know it's a difficult film. It's a weird film. You know, it, it flips channels a lot. It yanks you about from place to place, from tone to tone. Yeah. Style to style. And you have to have an audience that's willing to go with it. Yeah, So yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sit down. I'll see how this ties together. And I want to go on this journey with this thing. It's not an easy film in that way to watch because it's not kind of you could just half watch. You know, like some great horror films, you can half watch it, you know. Yeah. With transmission, you kind of have to pay attention because you are being yanked about. Yeah, of course. I guess you're things. expecting a lot from the audience then for that I reason. I am. I'm expecting it because I've a lot of information, particularly in the documentary section, that you have to pick up on if you're going to understand how it all ties together. Yeah. And I really appreciate today how people were listening, you know, and giving it proper due. And I, you know, I'm flattered by that and I'm gratified by that because if they hadn't, and it, you know, I use some, some screeners and give a lot for the wrong places that's what I was like, oh, and they lose concentration. And I, I don't mind that happening because that happens and that's just the way the audience is. But in this film, they would have missed information. Yeah. Like, would have helped them to have. Yeah. And it, I, I think people picked up on the information. I think people understood by the end that the fucking thing shouldn't go out. The transmission shouldn't go out. And it, when it went out, I feel like people reacted appropriately. Yeah. You know? I'm so really grateful about A that. very complex film with a lot of different thematic ideas and that. How was that writing the script and kind of linking everything together? 
and building towards that climax. Yeah, the script writing was easy. The hard part was the notebook part. You know, I have notebooks. That look like they look like Kevin Spacey's notebook from Seven, you know. They're just full of details and crossings out and asterisks and arrows all, all over the place. The hard part was working out structurally how they were going to fit together, writing each individual one. I mean, I've written films for Sci-Fi Channel in like three days. I mean, I can write films fast about wow. it. So the actual writing process is not particularly difficult for me. But the ideas, the process, and the interlocking process, structural things, they were hard. Was the writing process different to someone you'd write for the Sci-Fi Channel? Yeah, because, you're because, for... because of the amount of notes. For Sci-Fi Channel, they give you what they want, and you write what they want, and you do your best to make it good, and you craft it as best you can. But the structure's kind of laid out by the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. In this case, no one's looking over my shoulder. Nobody wants transmission to happen, only I do. So I have to sit there on my own with no guidance whatsoever and come up with this stuff. Yeah. Took, took some headaches, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Is Mansquito going to see the light of day? Mansquito came out, man. It Mans did! Mansquito gets written oh, about did. all the time. It's a terrible sci-fi channel. You, you must have gone on the watch list. Oh, it's awful. Okay. It's awful. Yeah, I wrote it, I wrote it in like three days. It's awful. Like the fly, but cheaper. That was, Starring that was John Silver Blue. It's not someone who's famous. I can't remember who he is now. It's the, well, anyway, it's well talking of famous faces, there are a few famous fa like familiar faces in that film. Yeah. Uh, Felicia Rose, yeah. um, Officer Doofy from Scary Movie, yes, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. James <laughs> as Jared soon as he it. turned up, I was like, Officer Doofy, yeah. and yourself as I, well? I, I, not famous, but the thing is, I had to grow a beard. I know, I was going to ask you about that, Six growing months. the beard. Yeah. So did you have like a, a date on the calendar when you like film this scene when your beard is this long? Yeah, I, I, I had a, a beard monitor, you know, which is called a mirror. And as soon as I got to the point where I could do it, <laughs> And I literally, what we did was I grew the beard for six months. I filmed the beard scene with my brother in his garage. Yeah. And then I went off and shaved, came straight back and did the first bit, the clean cut bit. And oh, we had a week okay. to get some stubble and we did I the middle see. bit last. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That was me thinking you've marked a calendar and you've waited for months and months and months. I got to the point where that's the most beard I can do, I think. Oh, okay. You know, I see. Puberty didn't hit that hard. So that's the best I can do. <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe you know? one day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. I might have a beard down the you know. Can't do it. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about distribution. We don't know where this is going to be oh, distributed just yet. Not yet. Um, but what is next on on the on the agenda for you? For me, I've got a, a, supposedly have an action movie to do for Tubi. You know who Tubi is? Yeah, yeah, the streaming service. service. Yeah, we're supposed to make a film called Blast Radius. It's about a car bomb that gets carjacked. A car bomb that gets carjacked. Yeah, it's a weird action movie, you know. It does sound amazing. It's uh, fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like fun. So that might be next. But obviously, this is all pending the strike. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll gonna see what happens. That. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, wonderful. Hello. Sunday, day four. Day four. Day four, Fright Fest. Still got voices. I'm very impressed. Yeah, still got voices, but um, I've not really been screaming at films. I try not to do that. Well, that one guy in the cinema liked it. Say so to that woman <laughs> yeah. in a creepy way. Real life horror stories, everybody. If a lady approaches you in a cinema and says to you as a seatmate, Hey, I'm uh, I'm gonna scream a lot. Fine, you can be reassuring. Say, don't worry if you scream; it's a horror film. But don't finish that sentence with, "Oh, don't worry about it. I like it." Yeah, because then you could you can cut the tension with a knife when that happens. You can cut cause... the tension with a knife. I'm sure he's a very nice man. He probably. I'm sure he's yeah. a nice man. I'm sure he's reliving saying that. Um, Especially if he listens to I this would. and I've then triggered it. Sorry, sorry, yeah. we haven't identified you. Dave Matthews. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews Band. Um, the first name that came up. We've got obviously we do the the scheduling got a little bit messed up because we had a uh, someone say that drinking someone say that drinking, um, so we've got Luke. to do a bit of a round <laughs> bit of, do a bit of a round up of day two and three 
Yes. Um, and then obviously a slight preview of, of, of day four. We're going to try and keep it fairly brief because obviously there's lots of stuff to cover. Um, so on day two, so on Friday, the first thing we saw was the J-Horror virus. You will have already heard our interview with um, the directors of that, Sarah and Jasper. So obviously we talked about that a bit, but I really liked it. Obviously I'm a sucker for a documentary. Yeah. Love a good documentary about, and I love J Horror. Four or five well. hours too short for you, I'm sure. Four or five hours too short for me. Um, but yeah, it was great, and I think the people that they got to chat about the films, obviously filmmakers, and also like the buddy actors, like people who played like um, in, from the Rid, the Ring, and the Grudge, was was amazing. And I think it was like a really good definitive. I like the visual style as well. Like it felt very scratchy and VHS yeah. and and creepy. So I think it was suitable. The big thing I'm taking away from that as a film or a documentary is how positive all of the Japanese filmmakers were about yeah, seeing their well, films we, being remade in English true, language. Yeah. I would have thought the opposite. I think we maybe need to reflect on our own behaviours. When we see things, uh, foreign language films being remade in yeah. English, I've been definitely guilty of being like, oh, is that even bloody necessary? But apparently from those people in the yeah. film, they seemed really like honoured almost that someone had done it. And it was like, as someone who was involved in the ring said, oh, and Naomi Watson, I really like her as an actor. So, yeah, yeah, it was really, really I think, interesting. Yeah, I think when some things get remade, it does feel unnecessary. Um, but I guess something like The Ring, when a director like Gore Verbinski wants to take it on and kind of add his own visual style to it as well, is a little bit more interesting. I think when it's like a shot-for-shot remake and it just feels like the same film, but in English, like Quarantine, when, it was, when they remade Wreck, yeah, that feels a little bit unnecessary and probably a little bit derivative. Yeah. We've got a that. documentary about that today. Yeah, we've got a documentary about about wreck today. So okay, yeah, we'll, do, we'll talk we'll, more about that later. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, the next thing I saw on the big screen was a movie called Creeping Death, which was like a sort of Halloween slasher um, with a very iconic looking villain. Um, that was good. Again, seeing on the IMAX, seeing some of these films on the IMAX screen, films that perhaps you would never get the opportunity to see on an IMAX screen and that the filmmakers haven't even foreseen seeing on something that big is kind of crazy. And as I said, we've, we're sat really close to the front. So it also feels kind of nuts when we're seeing these things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I think there were some, there were some decent, I think it, it, some, of these, some of these films occasionally feel like um, an idea that probably would have suited an hour and 15 minutes or so. When it goes a bit longer, occasionally it can feel a bit like we're just kind of just running around in circles but still uh, a, a, a well a well-made a well-made film and uh i enjoyed that and while i was watching creeping death you were watching Is that short film showcase the first one i think you were watching black mold weren't you well i, I was... was watching black Mold. you were so you've obviously spoken to the director of black mold as well you've that that interview's already taken place it's on the already podcast. taken place i really liked black mold i think it's being distributed reasonably soon as well so i would recommend picking up really good psychological horror really interesting there's lots of ambiguity for you to take away from it what you will i love that they did the the scouting and this and the location finding all in abandoned places mm. um okay I'm talking to the film gave oh, wow. some real challenges in making the movie but it gave the locations they chose a real organic creepiness to them um I really enjoy it. and great people in it as well. Some really quality yeah. performances. I mean, the director seemed lovely as well. Yeah, it was really, um, really great to chat to him. And I think it's really nice. It's one of those things when I enjoyed the film as it was, but then coming away from that and hearing that people were passionate about making it, it gives me more appreciation yeah. for the film in itself as well. And yeah, what a lovely bunch of members from the cast. We spent some time with them on 
Friday evening when we were staying out a little bit late. Yeah. Lovely, lovely people. Um, so recommending picking up that as well. Hell yes. Um, and then pretty much immediately after that, we checked out the short film showcase number one. Um, loads of good stuff on show. Something called, was, I think it was, was it Tiny Terror? Which was the fly in the air? The Tiny Terror was thing? really was that what it's called? I think it was tiny called, or something tiny or something. What I think we'll do is I will yeah. commit here and now to, I am going to go through the short film showcases, all three. Obviously with short films, they're available in various locations. So much like I've done for the preview documents here, yeah. I'll try and put something together and wear links to see them are available. Okay. I'll good. add those together because there's just so many from these short yeah, films. Yeah, there's loads. I mean, it's like a, it was like a couple of hours of just, of just short films. And obviously... Some really great, some some ideas you're kind of like, that would probably work really well as as a feature. It'd be great to see something like that um, fleshed out, something more. But other things work really well. So some things are like 15 minutes long. It feels like that's plenty of time to... I love the um, I loved the one Safe as well. I think it was oh, an yeah, incredibly safe. harrowing film where yeah. literally myself and um, Emma, who you've seen an interview with now, were sat next to each other in that one. And we were literally like trying to look away as best we can there is such tension in that part of that film as well but yeah i love a short movie so i'm going to do what i can to write those up and let our viewers listeners know where they can seek some of those out because the beauty of a short film is if you've got five minutes you can can take those in exactly um then we went to the big screening of uh, by big screen and I mean it was in the super screen again which is a huge screen it's like the secondary screen but it's still absolutely massive is it the same size did they say it is the same size just the sound setup is different okay because I mean the sound setup would just blow your eyebrows clean off your face if that was it so we went to see how to kill monsters obviously we've already done some interviews with the cast yeah, and with Lindsay and with Stuart with Lindsay and with director, Stuart um, again sold out screening so big big time for everybody involved um like pretty much the whole cast were there as well and it was great to see them sort of enjoying enjoying sort of like seeing on the big screen and yeah a really fun fun movie lots of laughs practical effects um very silly very Very, british very much i think if you were you're a listener to the show regularly um, I mean, we all we all enjoyed it. You enjoyed it as well, Ben. But I think if there was a film that you said this is a, a film that Andy's going to enjoy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah straight yeah. on. Like, I mean, yeah, most know, definitely. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've got a type, and that's it. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed so it. So predictable, it absolutely delightful. And of course, maybe this is why it's a very me movie because obviously we met the co-writer as well, Paul. Yeah, from Tamworth. It's from bloody Tamworth as well. Yeah, you're cut from the same cloth. Oh yeah, flavor of the same man. As long as it in Litchfield. Yeah, obviously that was that was great. Um, and then what did we do after that? Did we watch anything else after that? It? How to Kill Monsters, I think. Um... Oh, and we hung around for the for the everybody going in for the premiere of Werewolf Santa. We've obviously already seen Werewolf Santa, so met with uh, our element uh, with Emily briefly outside as yep. well. Got to speak to those guys, and then. So I guess I even though we didn't, we headed out for some drinks. With, yeah. Um, so even though we didn't attend Werewolf Santa, we did. We did see Werewolf Santa um, in the in the lead up to to the festival, um, and I think it's going down. It's going down really well. Obviously, people are suck, suckers for for a title, and that's drawing people in. People are just going in, and, and I think it sold out two screenings. Is yeah, that right? I mean, that's it. We very quick to say didn't see it on the big screen, not because we were lack of interest, quite simply because it sold out. And yeah, on. exactly, it sold out, so it was difficult to get in on that one. And we don't want to be just like forcing our way in there, going, just come on, we're in a horror hangout, guys. We'll sit on the floor. Press tickets, little press tickets in the hats, those little cards. But I think with Werewolf Sandra in particular, you've heard us talk to the people behind it, but just to think about our take on it, it's great 
indie filmmaking. I love it. It's just, you've got a fun idea. You want to make it. No one's taking it too seriously. Um, and that you want to make a low budget creature movie with people that you like and, and things like that. And, you know, you know, we've been, we've worked with Emily on audio stuff as well. Always set up for something. She's in good laugh. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, and then moving on to Saturday, uh, yesterday, so day three, we did we attended another short film showcase. Short we film did showcase make it. We two. weren't late. We did make it. We weren't late. Yeah, earlier in the podcast, if you're worried for the for us being late for the short film showcase, we weren't. We made it. We I down. feel like they waited for us to as attend. we sat down. The CEO I mean, of that cinema place, he wrapped up. He's obviously been filling time for us. Yeah, we took our seats, and then literally the title cards came up. There, there we go. Like, um, some some good ones, some familiar faces that we've seen in films we've covered, Fright Fest and for Fright Fest Glasgow, um, a movie called Red Lake, a short film sorry called Red Lake, which was really good. Um, knock Knock, I want to say it's called Knock Knock, the one with the yes, door. Knock Knock, and then in brackets Knock again. Knock 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 um, was great. Um, it was a, like a, a comedy comedy horror um, about a, a door with a demon behind it. Yeah, some like um, good bizarro fiction, some good. Um comedic elements to it much like how to kill monsters i feel was a very andy thing knock 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 is yeah luke condor like it's very luke condor flavored put into a bottle we need to find some of ben Arrington flavored rule uh, <laughs> no ben you're not don't whatever, go. i think ben you're a valuable person far better than cool that's good i'm glad you said that i'll feel better about myself maybe there'll be a film about a handsome and funny man on today <laughs> yeah the story of my life wait the mancunian man that's <laughs> that's, oh. the, that's the documentary we need to we'll, we'll be chatting about Mancunian Man tomorrow um, so yeah so obviously the short film showcase there was some great stuff um, again some really interesting ideas and thematic stuff going on then you went and saw Cobweb or Luke went caught up with Cobweb yeah Luke went, yeah. And see, Luke went and see Cobweb I'd already seen Cobweb um, it was the international premiere obviously we've already done a review of that so you've already heard it or, or scrub back for that one um, which was which was interesting again really cool to attend like a big premiere or something like that. Um, sort of a brand new experience for me um, as well. So um, cool. after that, it was Pandemonium. Uh, Pandemonium, yeah, in the big screen with Quarks. As yeah, the... directed by artist and director and writer Quarks. Quarks, probably not his birth name. <clears throat> no, it's Alexandra. No, it sounds, um, like, it sounds like Elon Musk and Grimes, that kid they had. Google um, Quarks or like 0.7x. Name, name aside, and you know. The, the behaviors of billionaires and their ridiculous high <laughs> big divorced energy um i really liked Pand- pandemonium like yeah yes yeah, so there was a fantastic story that quarks the director told us on his birthday of all things yeah 50 years old happy birthday quarks um that they began filming in a sunny day on this opening scene which begins like an accident and then descends into like a limbo environment yeah and it was a really hot sunny day it had been like mid high 20s there for the whole week before and then just briefly over the time they were filming, it went down to like minus 10 and they had yeah. like snowstorms and blizzards and the people in the town were saying, you know what, this hasn't happened here since the beginning of records. And, it, and, it, and it, makes like, it makes for like a really effective scene as well. And also knowing that that was just yeah. happenstance, really interesting. That's kind of crazy. And it's got some great performances in it. It's got some good horror. It's funny in places as well. Yeah. The star of it, and apologies, I don't have the name. There's some little, almost um, anthology pieces in the middle. Yeah, of the it's, it's, it's very much like an anthology, and I, th- I honestly feel like if it was marketed as an anthology, maybe because um, I, I didn't know anything about it no. at all. But like, if I knew it was maybe some sort of anthology, talk, talking about sort of like life and death and um, 
um, being in being in limbo. And the star of it is this crazy little girl that's in yeah, the middle section. Crazy little girl. She, she was very convincing phenomenal. as like a genuinely scary. Yeah. Uh, really, unhinged. Yeah, I really really enjoyed Pandemonium. I would recommend. That's my maybe one of my surprise hits because quite a lot of things I've enjoyed. I went in knowing more about them and expecting to enjoy them as much as I did. But this one, I didn't know what to expect at all. Yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Mm. And later in the day, there was a screen of the Glenarma tapes, which we'd already seen. Um, I know you mentioned that with... Um... I talked to Emma about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, we both saw that. I found footage, Irish. I, th- I, thought, I thought it was pretty good. You know, some of these found footage, I mean, watching on a big screen probably would have been intense. Um, but some of these fine footage films, they only have they only have legs for a little while, and maybe after like forty five to forty five minutes to an hour, you're a bit like, okay, let's wrap up now. But I was fully invested in this. I think like the, the wraparound story was good. Everything that kind of built up to it was good. The the actors, I think, were good as well. I think that is very very key to these things. Like, we definitely a lot of their work was improvised as well. So yeah, and it, I think it felt that way. A lot, more, a lot more genuine dialogue between them doesn't sound like yeah because this is like a this, 50 year old wrote it yeah i'm not again i'm not being super super negative but i think sometimes with some uh, one or two of these indie indie horror productions it's if the dialogue isn't isn't doesn't feel real it doesn't feel genuine it, it can really suffer it can really take you out of it and i think as soon as you establish that the dialogue feels good the characters feel real then I think that's like half the battle. I think everything that comes that comes along with it, you're kind of like, okay, I'm I'm along for the ride. If the dialogue's dodgy, it honestly just feels like a a, a nail in the in the coffin. You also got one of my favorite parts about any found footage movie when you have a camera that uh, like camera person who is fundamentally your yeah. point of view, and then when you get to see them, it's like Steve Priestley from movies, games, and videos playing <laughs> up when you actually see what they look like. And this, you've, you've built a picture in your I, mind. I don't think I'm going to build up any sort of picture for this guy. I mean. A very distinct, distinctive-looking guy um, with, with his little round blue glasses, um, and then obviously to to close out the night, we've already spoken to the director of Transmission. Oh, we've got one more oh. for Transmission. It was heard yesterday as well. Oh Again, my god, you yeah, heard sorry. View with um, Stephen from yeah, her director. Haven't managed to catch them live here yet, which is a shame because I'm hoping we'll catch them before the weekend yeah. is out. But. Um, there were some zombies wandering about in the foyer. I think I did suggest getting an interview with a zombie, but I kind of see how it was going to go. Wouldn't be able to control that interview. He, he was he was method. Andy. He was method. He was fully involved. Um, I reckon just infected. Fully infected. He might have just got a poorly person. So come on, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed hers. Um, yeah. 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 I thought it was a really interesting take on the zombies thing. And again, I can't sit here. I think I touched on it briefly in the interview, but we might have been off off mic when we did it there is a nice bit of the character development and everything that I, I enjoyed throughout. But the thing that really won me over with her is there is a reveal that comes within the movie that is, I think, timed to perfection mm. on when it becomes obvious to the characters. And much like we'll talk about transmission in a minute, I think there's a great skill in a film when you have your audience work out the twist or what's going on or the reveal moments before the characters on on screen do mm. and you're coming through, it's coming through like and it's done in like a really nice subtle way with the with the way some audio in particular works um and that really like took to a film that i was enjoying and you know would uh would have enjoyed and would have said oh if you like this type of movie go and watch too something i thought 
that's really clever that's really smart i'm going to tell people yeah about going to pick this movie up um and i know they had a, a popular screening so good on them Hopefully yeah we'll catch them before the weekend definitely it'd be good to chat to them that's cross 100 um and yeah we close out close out yesterday with transmission which was like an 11 p.m film good to go to a late screening um because yeah. obviously that's the first time we've really done that um at the festival so far and then yeah we caught up with the director afterwards as well um to find out about that this is like a sort of channel hopping um sci-fi well it's got like a sci-fi story within it but like a channel hopping um how, how else would you describe it is it, it is it's not i mean i guess technically it's like a screen movie right because it's yeah. all you're watching things that you're are watching unfolding on television but i like the connectivity of it yeah it was really interesting that we talking to mike yesterday as well and him doing the q a beforehand for someone who has done a lot of franchise and very directed stuff by companies who have an idea of what they want and he's having to work into a framework and then doing this yeah thing. so he said he's made like Pumpkinhead 4 house of the dead 2 and he's written a lot of scripts for uh like sci-fi and really, sci-fi channel movies and a really honest guy to it as well like, I, like yeah he's not saying it himself did it did it for, this, did this, it, did this, it for this, money this, this is a labor of love so like he was very open in saying i did this for money and you do what you can with the time that you have. I remember how bad House of the Dead was. I mean, I I, I wonder what House of the Dead Two is like. I've not seen it, but See, now we've met him. This is the now thing. Now Mike and I like him. I feel like I'm that's like the I thing. now want to go and check out more of his work. Yeah, that's uh, that is the thing. So yeah, this was this this was interesting. There's like an interesting um, connectivity between um, like some interwo- inter interwoven stories by like a film director and uh, some sort of like folk horror stuff as well, like yeah. satanic rituals um and then like the sci-fi element as well and the technological element um and then like the the real life element as well where it's like uh um news news broadcasting for example i absolutely agree with something that mike said it's like it was obviously phenomenally like a great honor for him to see it on the big screen in a in a festival but this is exactly the type of film that you almost want to stumble across by accident at night time yeah this is the chat this is like when you're he was right behind us as well. Yeah. Like we were watching the film. This is what was bad because obviously occasionally I do want to lean over to Andy and just make a joke. Not like being mean about the film, but like just just yeah. make a joke about something that's happened or an in-joke that we've got. And uh, I did feel a bit bad kind of leaning over because I was thinking, oh, I hope he's not thinking we're making and, fun and, of it. And, and it's really true. We like a director with any number of releases <laughs> under his belt, like by, by many metrics, a very successful... Yeah, director. he said he's been doing it for like 25 years. Yeah, like, and he lives in LA. So really, I'm assuming really well he's, experienced. Sure, but he's got a bit of buds. Living, living in LA, like he's a professional filmmaker. But to see someone nervous about the reaction to a film because it's yeah. something that he has made. So he'd been the most nervous for this one, yeah. and that he really cared about. I think it was. I think it was really phenomenal to see, and it's the yeah. If I, if I might be so wanky as to say, the human stories behind the movie, found it to be. It's not wanky. It's fascinating. It's pretty wanky. Um, we'll get we'll become a professional horror podcast. Yeah, we will. Um, so yeah, and then today, first thing we're going to see today is the Wreck documentary, which obviously we briefly touched upon. Our ter- terror without pools. Um, to, to be fair, I've not read up much about this. I just know it's a documentary about Wreck, so I'm assuming it's going to be about the making of it, or maybe like the cultural impact of it, how it was re- remade. In, we'll see how they feel English. about the remake. Well, yeah, they might be absolutely fuming. Um, and then there's a few things on the main screen that we've also got that I, I've got down for going to see, but I'm not sure. Piper is today. Um, Piper, we, yeah. We caught that in the, the story of Billy Piper's life. 
Swindon. Swindon's own Billy Piper. Swindon's own Billy Piper. Um, Honey to the bee. It's, uh, it's not that, unfortunately. Um, it's about the other Piper, a less positive Piper in people's lives, the Pied Piper. Oh, not the Pied Piper. Not it the people who it. did that song about being in Ibiza. Um, DJ Pied Piper. <laughs> not him either. The Pied Piper of... Not Hunter. someone who lays pipe for a living. No. And I don't mean that in a sexual connotation. I mean, like, actually under the road or something. Um, but also... It's the Pied Piper. That people... fellow who, in many ways... Very positive in the first instance, gets through all those rats. But if you mug him off and don't clear his invoices, yeah. he is going to take all the kids off. Yeah. Off the cliff. Yeah. What's he, does he jump off the cliff first and then the kids I follow him? I think he takes. He's got a parachute. Them, I think he takes them into a cave and the cave, cave seals forever. Oh. If I know my, well, if I know my uh, mythology correctly. Bloody hell. The Pied Piper in this sense. We'll talk about it when we do the wrap-ups. We'll, we'll cover it, but... Liz Hurley making an appearance in a... Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley. That's two Austin Powers love interests so far at this festival. Beyonce Liz is Hurley, in something tomorrow. If Beyonce's in something tomorrow, then we know that there's a there's an underlying uh, pattern that we need to... We turn out like we, we've talked to the the curators of the festival and said... We know, like, we know like your Austin game. Powers. I'll show them my drink spot and if they like can't resist saying how much they love gold, then we'll know. We've got them. <laughs> I love gold. Uh, and then a couple of other things in the main screen. Again, things I don't actually know that much about. Uh, cold meat, raging grace um, in the main screen. And then uh, later on this evening, the documentary Mancunian Man, The Legendary Life of Cliff Twemlow, um, directed by Jake West. I've actually already seen it. So be, I'm going to hopefully get a chance to, to speak to Jake West about it. Because it is like a fascinatingly weird documentary about somebody where you're like what why has this person been chosen as the subject matter of a documentary and it would be interesting to find out how and why that happened whether jake west actually knew him growing up or something and <laughs> i don't know uh yeah that's interesting and and i don't know if we got anything anything else that we might be checking out on uh, any other screens there's a documentary enter the clones of bruce lee which again i've already seen which is really interesting like after bruce lee died all the movies were making bruce lie bruce lee dragon lee even jackie chan to a degree um and then this evening on one of the discovery screens is the movie Sympathy for the Devil with with Nicholas Cage. Cage with Nicholas Cage and uh, the RoboCop guy Joel Kinnaman. Okay. Yeah. So that could be that could be interesting. So lots more to take in for day three, and, and so we better get ourselves to Leicester Square Theatre. Luke and I this morning have seen the seeding um, directed by Barnaby Keys. I think it's Barnaby Key. Spelled like way. Okay, like um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. So it's a story about a man who gets locked slash trapped in a in a desert, and then is sort of finds himself trapped at the bottom of this pit, sort of harassed by some very bad boys uh, with very a woman. Naughty boys. Yeah. yeah. What did What did you reckon, Luke? I um, was to be honest when I read the synopsis, I was expecting something more lowbrow, I guess. But within like the first twenty minutes. Like, it's so visually nice. And so the audio is, like, perfectly atmospheric and haunting. I was kind of blown away, I'll be honest. And then it just got better from now. I thought it was absolutely solid. I feel like we've seen a lot in films over the last couple of years. Films like Barbarian that are a lot about the female experience of walking into, like, a trap. And I think yeah, a lesser yeah. film would have done that. They would have had you a female protagonist. And I think it would have been a grubbier movie for what's going on with that one. Yeah. And the... The themes that then play out it was very interesting to see like the male psychology of a guy who's a part of society who then is trapped away from it and then yeah. 
the purposes that he all, that he's ultimately been brought there for, yeah. and how he reacts to it. I think it was a nice change to the opposite narrative that we sometimes see. Not that I shouldn't see more women in films, Luke. I'd be quite to add. Yeah. More, more, plenty of it. But it was nice to see that theme tripped onto its head and like how this very, I, I guess, very capable male character yeah. responds to being like powerless in this situation. Yeah. And it's really well played. I, uh, we see like the devolution of man to some extent. Uh, it starts us, it's about a guy who gets trapped somewhere and we'll get to it. In the details, uh, but as he's trapped there, he kind of by the end of it, he's pretty much like a Neanderthal. Yeah, and the actor Scott Hayes like, really goes there. They were talking in the Q and A after, about how after he formed it the next day, he had bruises all over his body. Uh, he was ready horse, he like yeah, he'd, uh, yeah he'd been shouting on, and screaming, running on four legs, on hands and feet. Yeah, and uh, ge- like genuinely, like, really like viscerally acted as well. And like the thing is, yeah. like. In the early phases of it as well, like he's clearly a character in distress. He's not always the best guy. Like yeah. right when he turns to being angry or almost like threatening, like. But then you really do sympathise him as the situation evolves as well. Really interesting. interesting. I thought I felt like there was a uh, a much uh, shoddier version of this film. I guess like a more honestly, I don't want to say but I guess reaching for easier fruit. Whereas it felt like this film is actually quite mature. Yeah. Like surprisingly for sure. Um, yeah. I've got a name game if you want to do a bit. Oh, go on. So it's about um, Swamp Thing. Yeah. As a baby. Yeah. Is it called The Weeding? The Weed Thing. Weed Thing. Yeah. We good. Um, how about then? I'll tell you what. A little bit later, the sequel to this film. Yeah. The baby that is uh, a baby that is born. Uh, goes through a couple of real bad sleepless nights because their gums hurt. Oh, the teething. The teething, very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't really well. uh, one more then. Okay. Um, someone in the events, this guy's stuck down a big hole in the desert. Yeah. He's ever so cross about it, but he's not going to lose his temper or shout and scream. He just sits and really sort of festers on it. The seething. The seething, very yeah. good. I love a bit of impromptu name game. Straight off the top of the day, we're professionals. Yeah. Uh, I guess we rate in the belt. Rate good or rate yeah, bad? Uh, rate good, I think, yeah. I, yeah, rate good. Yeah. It was really rate good. Yeah, there's properly rate good. I think they didn't have news on distribution yet. I think they said they were further along with US distribution, Europe still to be arranged. Um, I would recommend people keep an eye out for this one. I think it's, I think it's got a lot to say. I think it's an interesting movie. We haven't, we weren't able to catch um, the director or the actors. We, to be honest, we were running off for lunch. It was time for a lot of break. But um, if we do catch them while we're still here over the next day or so, yeah, see if we can't grab them for a few words. Because really interesting film, I think. Yeah. Well, thumbs up. Thanks, Luke. Thumbs up. Hello there, Andy Conjury Turner, back at Fried Best once again, and I'm joined by a very, very special guest who's just watched Wreck. Horror, terror without pause. You'll say that, and on the audio version of it, people are like, who could this possibly be? It could be anybody, anybody in the sphere of horror, and it's just going to be me again. Oh, you know what? People should be excited to speak to one, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ben Harrington. I've got my own mic there. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Mr. 
this professionals. Ben, ben Arrington. Um, so, uh, yeah. Ben, how did you find it? What was how was this documentary? I know you're a big documentary fan. Did this? Yeah. The mustard when it came to. I think the must. I think the mustard was well and truly cut with this. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. It was solid. Uh, I love a documentary about a particular franchise. This was mainly about like one film, Wreck, uh, of course. Also, the impact it had on Spanish horror and Spanish language movies in general, and and, and the way it sort of like permeated that's right with pop culture um, except yeah, good choice acceptable um and yeah it was really interesting obviously the cast the crew the sort of the sort of low budget filmmaking stuff that went behind it obviously it's a fine footage film and i think it inspired a lot of stuff that came out when, when did it come out 2007 something like that yeah or maybe so, even so, earlier so it's only like 15 16 years old so it's kind of crazy that a documentary is being made about that film just that many years later but uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I think it obviously is one of the best, and how a lot of the effects were done. There were so many like there were a lot of the cast were kept really on their toes. The directors were just throwing things at them. There were a lot of jump jumpy moments for the for the crew, uh, for this cast. Sorry, so obviously they were experiencing things in real time. Uh, yeah. So we spoke earlier about the J horror virus of the and the reception that it had when it was remade by the original filmmakers did this documentary touch on that at all it did yeah and i was looking forward to that so obviously the movie quarantine the the, the american remake of wreck and yeah again they're pretty positive about it they're happy they got remade although they weren't involved in it at all i think they got invited over to la when it was being filmed and they they attended the set finally they had some lovely ice cream which we're gonna do yeah, we are going to have some lovely ice cream at the, the real life horror last yesterday when the ice cream was closed. The ice cream was closed. So I think only by minutes we missed the ice cream. So that is not a real today. life horror. We're yeah. doing it four hours earlier today yeah. to not make the same there was, mistake. There twice. wasn't anybody. Can't get pulled again. The filmmakers for Wreck Terror of Apples aren't actually here. So we couldn't grab them to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think it was like a comprehensive look at the film. Um, and it's interesting to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff because on the surface it feels like. Uh, Obviously, a very, very effective and a great fan footage movie. But you're kind of like, okay, I'm glad I understand how they made that. They just pointed, pointed the camera and went with it. But so much went into it, like the effects. Obviously, the actor who plays the big, scary, obviously, slight spoilers for a wreck if you've not seen it before, the big, scary final boss lady yeah. in the attic. Um, horrible, go horrible zombie Nan. Horrible zombie, not even Nan, just like uh, horrible, like, like Elisa Trevor, essentially. Yeah terrifying and obviously he's big and gangly way more gangly than doug jones so to see him going through the makeup process of that was pretty crazy and terrifying and yeah and they talk a bit about the sequels as well um wreck 2 but wreck genesis great well i think there's a fourth one i don't know if i've seen it before it's this you talking about live is this we going to trigger us getting wreck 2 on the watch list sometime soon i think we should yeah because we've talked about doing more sequels we did wreck a long long time ago in the first sort of like Batch of episodes, I mean, yeah. like in the first was year there, of the podcast. Like, Johan, were you Johann, your first guest? Johan joined us on, on the Wreck episode. Maybe he was the first guest, you know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we probably go back and watch Wreck 2. And I think Wreck Genesis is probably a good film to watch as well. That's a good horror hangout movie. We'll complete horror one of these days. We will complete horror. And we're getting ever, ever so closer by the minute. So I reckon we are 75%. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, I'm not right. 75% complete is yeah. what we are. Yeah. yeah. I haven't done the maths, but that's the number I'm going yeah. with. Yeah, and luckily they've stopped making horror films now, so we'll, we'll catch up eventually. Thank goodness. Thank goodness they um, have. Uh, but yeah, in terms of read good or read bad, I'd say read good if you're into this sort of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for anything. I feel for any sort of documentary about any film being made, because I just love seeing the process behind the scenes. 
even if it's a film I'm not so necessarily a fan of. And Rick, I am a fan of, so... Hell but yeah. How many, optimally, how many hours would you have had this documentary be? Oh, opt- I think it was the perfect length. Perfect length. Which I, I'm always a fan of. I love the perfect length, Andy. Um, <laughs> I'll understand you can indeed find the perfect length or length. You can. I think the, 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 the hour long, the ones that are dozens of hours long, maybe not dozens, could cover franchises, that makes total sense. This is just a single film, so. Single film, documentary. It shouldn't really be longer than the actual film itself. Who'd, Even, do, who'd do a podcast like that? Who would do a podcast that's longer than the film itself? An absolute madman. Or, or, or more than one madman. Mad men's. Mad men's. Men with men. Uh, yeah, so check it out if you get a chance. Don't know when it's going to be available streaming or on any other service. But we'll keep you posted. we got a finger on the pulse around here, so... Uh, finger is on the pulse. Uh, but yeah, we're about to go into a new screening. And I guess we'll, we'll do a little roundup review. I know we were doing the roundups in the morning, but I think now we're getting to the point where we've got their free time, so we're going to try and do some roundups as we go. Yeah. Um, but of course, we're... you, the listener, this will all be seamless. Editing seamless. together. Um, yeah, time is a flat circle. But yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. All the best. Hello there. We've just watched, for me, what has been one of the screenings of the festival so far. We've just finished Raging Grace. I'm here with one of the stars of the movie. Jaden, Jaden, that was amazing. And I've just heard it's your first film. Yeah, it's my very first film, and I had no like, I had no practice of like drama skills or anything like. That. That's incredible, and that is that, and, and I wanted to find out what was it like working with Paris. Was he a tough boss? Did he make you work hard? Yeah, he definitely pushed me to my best that I can do. But he was the way he pushed me was to, wasn't like. Oh, you have to do it. You, you. He was like very supportive with it, and he was very kind. Oh, that's really nice to hear. So, your character in the film is a bit of a prankster. Plays a few tricks on people. <laughs> is that like you in real life, or no? Not really, but sometimes I do like to play some games. <laughs> on your poor mom. <laughs> and my dad. Mostly on my dad though. I can't do it to my mom. Of course, of course, you've got to behave here. Mm-hmm. Well, Jane, I don't want to keep you too long because I'm sure there's lots of people that want to say hello to you, but incredible first film. Um, You saw it here first, everybody. Jane's going to be an enormous star, I'm sure. You're going to see her in a lot more, more horror movies when you grow up? Or... Yeah, I think so. Yes, a new horror icon coming right, right up. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank Have a lovely you. evening. Thank you. <laughs> We're here with Paris, the director of Ra- uh, Rage and Grace, which we've just seen in IMAX to, I mean, a, a reaction from the crowd. I mean, how do you feel after that reaction from everybody? I'm like lost for words. I'm so blown away. Emotional, actually. I didn't expect it to be that, to be received that warmly. The emotion was insane in that screen. And I like, you can really, really feel it from everybody. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You see, this is going to take me a while to process, I think. Yeah. Like, um, I usually like very quiet places. So this is a lot for me right now, but I do feel the love. It's very overwhelming, but yeah, gosh, I had no idea it was going to be, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. No. Well, it's just, it's, it's uh, gone past your expectations. Then when you say this whole, this whole experience today. Yeah. I, do you know what, right? When you write a story that is um, so critical, of British colonialism when you rail against new and old white power I have literally lost sleep 
thinking about the UK premiere and the London premiere. I just, so to hear it from the audience uh, and how much they responded to it, how much it resonated with so many people. Um, is that because you went, sleep. Yeah. Is that because you weren't sure what the response was going to be? Yeah. Because it's such a powerful film, a personal film. Is that why you weren't sure? Because you've been so close to it for so long. Think of it this way. I was essentially taught to to look for white approval my entire life. And my parents were like, just look, don't bite the fucking hand that feeds you. And um, and this film does everything my parents told me not to do. And I feel nervous that there are people who are gonna be like, well, fuck you, man, uh, for this film. Um, and I feel there are some people who are already responding in that way. So okay. th there is that kind of fear in there. You know, I, I, it terrifies me. But, um, you know, I, I'm galvanized by people's love and response to this film. So blown away, man. I think like the best art and the best films are supposed to create these sort of conversations. Yes. Supposed to really have that impact where, sure, some people are going to be uh, offended by it. Some people are going to be, are going to disapprove of it. But it's worth it for what else for the other side of the coin, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there. Throughout the whole writing process, so much of what I was thinking was, do not hold back. Like, I, I have to be able to work past a lot of my fear and just write what I feel my heart and my gut needs. Like, I honestly, in those first few pages, I was like, I, this, this isn't a film for me right now. This is just what I need to see and what I need to happen. It's kind of like, a, you know, a, a diary entry gone, gone, going public in a way. That's yeah. kind of what it's felt like in a strange way. I really want it out there, but I'm afraid of what people might think. But I am, you know, it's I've, I've got some shit to work through, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, three films worth of rage. It's coming. It's coming, yeah. But for something that you said came from such a place of rage, the fact that the film, of course, those feelings, I can see how they're being portrayed on screen, but it's definitely not the feeling you take away with you at the end. I don't want that for people. It feels almost like a cathartic experience. Did you? Did it feel like that, the, the filmmaking process? I, I need this film to be a cathartic spectacle for people who sit down and watch it. It can't just be about rage. It can't just be about trauma. You, you have to walk away feeling electric, sure. busy, you know, with joy, with something. Whatever it is, I need you to feel different from the moment you walked in and the moment you leave. And I think I do. It's definitely, it's definitely affected me. And so far, it's my film, the festival so far. And so congratulations on a huge achievement. Oh, what we did here. Yeah. yeah. I was confused for a second. I was like, which way am I going? Thank you. Well, thank you so much for pa uh, Paris for taking the time to talk to us. Congratulations My again. Pleasure. Enjoy the rest of the festival. And uh, yeah, thank you. Hello, and welcome back to On the Red Carpet's Horror Hangout, still <laughs> here at Fright Fest. I'm with, of course, the multi-talented Mr. John Crennan. Nice to see you again. Good to see you, sir. Um, you've been to see a couple of films that we weren't able to catch yeah. so far in the lineup tonight. So I know one of them you are struggling, even with your mastery of words, to find words to describe T-Blockers. What can you tell us about it? Uh, T-Blockers, yeah, so the two films that I've seen tonight that you guys haven't, T-Blockers and AIs, 
I have no idea how I'm going to describe either of them, honestly. I'm literally just out. The door that I uh, saw them in were, was, is right there next to us, and I've walked out to talk about them. Um, yeah. T-Blockers uh, was a wonderfully sweet, kind of a weird way. It's charming. Charming. Charming is the best way to Love a charming it. movie. It's, uh, it describes itself as... I don't want to like spoil anything, because I have no idea. Obviously, these films are just being premiered now, and I'm liable to spoil them, so I'll stay relatively light on details. Uh, T-Blockers, charming, wonderful film. So surprisingly great. Made by an 18-year-old. Oh, wow. I believe it was their uh, fourth film. Yes, thank you. I'm being reminded off screen that it was their fourth film at 18. And it's In many so ways, good. as depressing as it is inspiring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And AIs, uh, I was really in. I knew nothing about either film going in. AIs I was uh, really interested in because of Vinegar Syndrome's involvement. Most of my Blu-ray collection is probably a Vinegar Syndrome title. So, And this was their first, uh, mo- I, as I understand it, their first movie that they kind of were involved in the production of it from the start. Mm-hmm. It's a Serbian film, although I've just realized that's obviously a title of a movie that we all know but about. not that one. Not <laughs> that one. Uh, not that at all. And it's kind of like one of those movies when the credits roll it's you will just ask yourself what have i just watched it's trippy it's uh weird it's violent it's really dark and but kind of wonderful it's all those wonderful things that uh, a, a horror movie is it's, it's gonna it surprised me i had no idea literally every minute of the movie where it was gonna go i couldn't call it there's you know, we've all watched hundreds and hundreds of films. Uh, it's so so often we know exactly what we're in for. We can call it AIs is nothing like that. But yeah, wonderful. So in both cases, would you recommend anyone listening puts these on their watch list? 100%. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely see them. Amazing. But I could not let you go without asking you to look to the future, the future <laughs> of Fright Fest, but perhaps we'll be seeing you here because you're working on some short films yourself, right? I am working on a couple of short films just now. Um... We're shooting one next week. We're doing the final shooting block next week. We haven't announced really anything. Anyone who follows me on Instagram uh, might have seen a couple of little clips in my stories, but we haven't posted anything yet. We've shot some of it. We're finishing shooting it next week. It's going to be a very short four-minute film. Uh, Very kind of schlocky, buckets of blood, um, Scottish horror movie. I saw T-Blockers and uh, Eight Eyes with Daisy Life, who's um, going to be doing the makeup effects. The stuff that she's been doing already is great. Uh, The crew I've got together around me is wonderful. I can't really talk too much about it other than if anyone just jumps onto my uh, social media, they will will see some things very, very soon. And obviously, uh, the big hope would be to see it on a massive screen like here at Bright Fest. But who knows what will happen? Who knows what the future will be for my little short film? But I'm I'm very happy with it. And it's going cool. a wonderful location for it, if I may say so. The fair say itself. Yeah, outside. Dundee in Scotland. Uh, I had to, you know, Scottish guy. We need some more Scottish horror in the world. And uh, that's my, uh, yeah, that's my flag and I'm going to fly it. Thank you so much, John. A pleasure as always. (laughs) See you next film. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Bye for now. Uh, Hello. Here we have Jake West, the director of uh, Mancunian Man, The Legend of Cliff 
legend, right? the legendary life of Fishman. That's correct. It said no, there was a misprint on their there was. on their um, booking thing. The oh. actual title is okay. the legendary life. Of that's rude. Mancunian rude, man. Mancunian man. Mancunian man. That's the main title. Okay, Mancunian man is the main the title. Legend, Mancunian man, legendary life of Chris Thornell. Um, so we've just witnessed the, 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 the premiere of it on the big screen, on the IMAX screen, the biggest screen possible to witness, <laughs> witness any film on. Uh, so how was that? How do you feel? Are you feeling relieved? Are you feeling happy? Oh, Exhilarated? I'm, oh, I'm feeling delighted because obviously after a screening as a filmmaker, it's, uh, you, you understand whether the audience has enjoyed the film or not. So before you show it, you don't know because you've never seen it with an audience and this is the world premiere. So I'm absolutely delighted because it went down great. Um, yeah. And I believe everyone seems to have pretty responded. Well, everyone so. seems to have responded well. Everyone yeah. seems to be. Really and it's a lovely it. story. I think it, it is a lovely story. And it really is funny a and heartwarming. And, and funny, heartwarming, bizarre. And yeah, and and every filmmaker can relate to this story. I think. Oh well. right, okay. Was yeah. that kind of what drew you to this story originally? Because well, as a filmmaker, you kind of thought. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, what I mean, I discovered Cliff when we were doing the video nasties documentaries back in the you know about ten years ago. Because, oh, wow. yeah, because, so because, a... because uh, GBH was a video nasty, mm -hmm. so that's how I knew about Cliff. But I didn't know much about the rest of his films, even though yeah. C.P. Lee had told us about them. So it was only when I started researching the documentary three years ago that um, that, that journey began when I really found out a lot more. And, yeah. the, and the more I found out, the more we interviewed people, the more archive acts I could... The more discover. you were kind of like digging up. It's yes. kind of like yeah. digging up this lost lost story, I guess. Yeah, and it's also beginning to sort of find out who he was and get a feeling for, you know, that. But you only get that from talking to people who knew him. And like yeah. I say, so these people... You can see the kind of connection they have with the of guy. Of course, yeah. It's very, it's very real. And that's, yeah. You know, it's not like a, it's, yeah, it's something with a little bit of magic in it still. I Definitely a bit of magic. Now, how do you, how do you think he would feel I think, like, about this and well, witnessing this? Well, I think Cliff, I think he would be absolutely delighted. I think for him, knowing that he was finally on the Empire Leicester Square, the one of the biggest screens in the world, yeah, that would be a delight to him. And I think he would be over the moon yeah. on that. Well, congratulations. Obviously, it's a, it's a quintessentially British story as well yeah. isn't it and it's not necessarily like um a big hollywood story either is it because sometimes these documentaries can kind of show you the glitz and the glamour and the the nice side of things like yeah. this but you weren't afraid to show all of the kind of the the, the, the sort of the danger and all of the things going wrong and yeah but, but that's what that's what people are interested in nobody, yeah. nobody gives a shit about an epk press kit it was great working with them yeah. it's all bullshit don't say it was a lawyer has to sign off on it that's yeah. rubbish the audience don't want that corporations want that this isn't this is about a guy, a guy a working class guy who was a bouncer who decided to make films in manchester with his mates people around him and that's why yeah. there's an honesty in that which yeah. is refreshing mm. in a corporatized world of, of kind of bullshit Most statements definitely. disclaimers these do not reflect the views yeah. of the, all of that stuff everyone's sick of that in reality but you know corporatization means that we yeah. have to put up with it but hey you know yeah. This this is the tonic to that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, and, and it's, I'm so glad I discovered it because I didn't know anything at all. Well, in a way, that's nothing. yeah. But anyway, a lot of people don't know anything about it, and in some ways, that's also might stop people from watching it because yeah. oh, I don't know about him. So oh, that's why you should watch it because it's good to it's good to watch things you don't know things about. We should never learn something. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Thanks so much, Jake. Again, uh, again congratulations. Okay. Jake's going to be joining us for a future episode talking about Phantasm, Phantasm 2. Phantasm 2, yeah. yeah and maybe for him more if that goes and well. Maybe for him for, yeah, yeah, if it goes we'll well. Might be sick of us by then. <laughs> Hello. Hello again. Here we are, like, with, with it's the classic last day of a festival. We've been kicked out of our Airbnb, so we're camping around our bags right now. Camping around our bags, living out of suitcase. Living out of suitcase, uh, like Alan Partridge. Yeah, pretty much. Um, final day. 
of Fright Fest. Um, how are you feeling? Really good. A bit tired, a bit jaded. My voice is holding up. Jaded, too bad. Jaded. Uh, yeah, so we didn't do like a wrap up really yesterday. Obviously, we did some of the reviews as we were doing, yeah. as we were throughout the day. And I think we're going to do a bit more of that today. Yeah, we're um, going to catch one of the things that we saw or were timed yesterday. And then we're going to do the ones as we do them today to try and get through everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um,. I guess we should just mention a couple of the things that we saw yesterday. I know we've already done our interview with the star and director of Raging Grace, but we just let's just talk about it a little bit. Um, probably my film of the festival, I'd say, so far. Obviously, there's still a day to go. But probably my film of the festival. Not necessarily a straight-up horror, but add horror elements. Um, but yeah, what did you think? It was really good. I mean, I struggle for words, and you know me, I usually don't. But um, I think very, very difficult for two white guys to have like this depth of feeling and opinion that the filmmakers brought to it and the passion they had for it but yeah yeah such yeah. an incredible story really charged with some genuine frustration some real moments of sadness there's some great tension some great character work there's things to reflect on in this movie and i really do yeah. think it finds an enormous audience because it's such a powerful story i wasn't expecting to have that kind of emotional roller coaster yeah, an emotional roller coaster, yeah. and then hearing the stories behind the film, what inspired it, and everybody that was involved, it was like emotional. It was like like you could you could feel the emotion in in that screen when they were talking about it. And not just saying it while we were meeting the people yesterday. I expect Paris, the director, like actors that were in it, like Jaden, who was her first feature as well, first film of any kind, not a film school kid. Like, yeah, they surely have incredibly promising careers ahead of them. Yeah, without a doubt. And if you get, if there is a way for you to watch Raging Grace um, over the next few months or any time you can, then definitely we'll, check it out. We'll be sure to share it. So if you're following us, if we find out that it's screening elsewhere, hopefully they will see a proper cinematic release because it deserves one. But if not, I imagine this should be a, a great film to catch up on whatever. Yeah. Also eventually pick it up. It's a lot of film energy about it. You can listen to Film 4. Film 4, come involved. on, Film 4, get involved. Um, and then, obviously, we, we did an interview with Jake West after the screening of Mancunian Man. Um, I, I've seen that, so I guess I'll, I'll chat about it. It is a very British, unconventional documentary about a man who had some something of a film career, a storied film career, but in very low-budget um, films in Manchester in like the 80s and 90s. He was an action star. And yeah, it's a very, again, it feels like a very personal film. A lot of the people involved were there at the screening as well. And it, you can see it was quite an emotional experience for them to, to, to be sort of witnessing it on the big screen. And afterwards, when they were milling about, they seemed very, um, over not overwhelmed, but very... There was a lot of smiles. A lot of smiles. Like, it, was like, like, it was like looking at a group of old friends that have, have got such a history and a story together. I, I was think, only there for the Q&A, but it was... Yeah, because I think watching any film on a, on a big screen, it probably would, would, it would evoke that. Watching it on the IMAX screen, I think it just makes it feel like the next level. If it's almost seen, like if you've not ever been in a screen this size when you're listening to this, it is unbelievable, unfathomable. It's unfathomable. Like I think I'm, screen. I think I'm like kind of getting used to it now. But maybe for the like first two films we watched, I was like, this is absolutely unbelievable. My neck hurts. I don't know where to look. Um, and the sound is just kind of overwhelming in a way. Over. I keep using overwhelming to describe things, but I do honestly feel like that sometimes. It's not necessarily a you're negative thing. Either. You're not just going to be whelmed for days oh, after this. I'm feeling pretty whelmed right now. Just the Entirely whelmed. But no, overwhelmed. Right? Overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, um, and what's on the agenda for today? We do that. One more thing that was scheduled oh, yesterday. Oh, sorry. Um, we caught the screeners of this one. We weren't able to see it live because of scheduling conflicts, but Piper also got its screening gear yesterday. Um, people will recognize Elizabeth Hurley from that one. Um, 
of Bedazzled fame. Um, yeah, it's well, Bedazzled fame and also Austin Powers fame. Yeah. And the fact that Heather Graham was in the opening movie of the festival, Suitable Flesh, made me and Andy come to realize that Austin Powers, Austin Powers' love interests are the common theme of this festival. There are two films we're still left to see. Beyonce could be in one of them, I can't check. <laughs> but um, the film itself, it's not DJ Pied Piper of uh, loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it like this. I am Billy Piper? It's not Billy Piper, not Swindon's Honey to the Sweetheart. But it is. I mean, Melinda Messenger, sorry. Not a Melinda Messenger erasureist. But <laughs> it's not about Billy Piper either. It is about the OG Pied Piper, the one of Hamlin fame. You know, Hamlin gets rid of your rat's problems. But then... Just pay your contractors properly, Hollywood. Yeah. Or um, yeah. Pay but the your, film's not about that, right? Your, it is. It's him. It's the Pied Piper. But oh. it's not about the story of old. It's a modern day setting where there is a curse of like a Pied Piper character who is drawing young people away to their deaths with his hypnotic music and uh, curse. And there's there's yeah. rats to be had there. It's a. Uh, it's got like a folk horror story to it. It's got um, like it has like supernatural elements to it. It's got like a young love story in there as well. Some interesting things going on. Um, yeah, for me personally, like it was very strange. I think some of the characters portray some of the bits of Germany, country I consider to be very modern and normal. It probably has better food than here. Okay. Oh, this German, not like bloody German food. Yeah, but, sausages um, everywhere. Uh, it's it's not like that at all. Germany would have been there. Very lovely. Um, but you know, those things aside, it's a lot. It's a fun movie. It has. If you like that, if you like a folk horror, you like some supernatural element to it, some ghost stories to it yeah yeah there's, yeah there's things to enjoy there but that was that, that was, was our roundup of day four four was day, it day four day four apart day four. from things we did it's and, a it's a rich tapestry it's We've a rich tapestry today. yeah so on day five now final day um here's the brief preview for that my mother's eyes um opening film with takeshi kashida obviously who's been on the podcast interviewed and already on this episode talked to him about how he feels before the screening we'll be catching up with him after the screening for that um, the film Good Boy, we're going to talk about as well. Yes, we'll um, Good Boy later on. But we are going to jump into a screening of Founders Day as well, which I don't, again, another one I don't really know much about. I've not really looked into what the crack is. American history, I, I presume. Yeah, I guess it is American history. So, yeah, plenty more to enjoy and plenty more interviews to bring you as we wrap up the final day. Um, how are you feeling, though? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling energized I feel, i've still got the energy you know ben i'm still gonna i'm gonna bring it we're gonna bring it home yeah i mean i don't know if i could do it if there was another day a sudden day six i don't know if i could but we're we're we're, we're getting through it but in a good you know in a good way it's great i can't think it was really good we're gonna catch as many more people as we can today as well to round this out goodness knows what length this episode is ending i hope you've enjoyed it but we'll wish you those yeah. good thoughts again later on at the end uh hello I'm here with Takeshi Kashida after mere minutes after my mother's eyes was screened on the IMAX screen here at Fright Fest. Um, so yeah, congratulations! Oh, thank you so much. Uh, how how are you feeling after watching it with a huge audience? Yeah, very excited, of course, and I'm glad they, I could have out of questions. Thank you, Andre. Yeah, and it's so different from uh, watching the film yeah. on IMAX. And yeah, I mean, how did it feel seeing it? Because what what would you say is the biggest screen you've seen it on before? Because this uh, is maybe uh, quarter size, one quarter <laughs> the size we just watched it. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously I'd seen the film before, but seeing it again in IMAX, I, I it was a completely different experience. I learned so much more about it. And, yeah. and as one of the questions we had just now was about sort of like the sound design. Obviously, music is very important yeah. in the film, but the sound design 
is was insane and we sort of already mentioned it feels like watching an asmr video it was yeah. almost like relaxing in a way so much of it was it kind of puts you at ease yeah. so that, i think that's what makes the final scene so effective yeah um but yeah in terms of the sound design squishy eyeballs and everything yeah. like that <laughs> i mean what was the what was the process behind that uh i didn't record any sound when i was filming wow, so okay. every single sound was added uh, in the sound recording studio and yeah it, it's very interesting it's like uh, giving uh life to picture when i add uh sound so i so yeah i like adding uh the sound to the picture and that's maybe the most uh enjoyable time for me oh really in filmmaking process i see so that's when you feel like you're really having fun yeah when, when he's adding the sound um also another thing that we that was sort of brought up before uh when we were talking about the sound and the sound mixing and everything like that it was also it was also um, said that eight days was the shoot. Yeah. Eight days, which kind of feels insane <laughs> because after watching that film, it feels like a huge labor of love and it feels like there's so many thematic ideas, revisited ideas, things that are kind of crossover. And then, I mean, you could spend hours and hours trying to dissect some of like, what that film meant or like it as, a, as an audience member. So mm -hmm. eight days, I mean, that must have been, a, was it a really intense eight days? Yeah, really intense. Uh, we start filming at eight and fi uh, finish uh, film until ten p.m. Mm. Everything is story on storyboard, so it's like we we don't have an uh, argument on shooting side. Just do this, okay. do this next, do this next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, well, again, congratulations, Takashi. Obviously, it's been a pleasure spending some of the front. We, we've been spending some time with Takashi as well yeah. over over the last <laughs> few days, which has been great. Um, which is I, I, I'm really amazed by that. Yeah. Obviously, the fact that we were speaking on Zoom when you were in Tokyo yeah. mere, mere days ago, and now we're here in London and <laughs> spending time together yeah. and uh, drinking together as well, yeah. uh, <laughs> which has been fun. Uh, it's been a great, great experience, and it's yeah. been great to meet you. So thanks very much, and Thank again, you. congratulations, Thank Takashi. You. I'm here with Catherine Curtin, straight off the back of Seeing Founders Day here on the big screen, the IMAX here at Bright Fest. Catherine, what a performance. I loved it. You were oh, you're very such kind. a great character. And Thank so you. Many, I reckon some of the best lines. They, I did have some of the best lines. And I I think that the, that's also why they, they let me lean into the bizarreness of the character. Because some of the lines were just so kind of strange and iconic that that allows you to take a little more license you know I, I wasn't playing the most realistic thing and I really enjoyed that and I really enjoyed Hara for that that Hara just lets you it breaks the rules and I like to break the rules and I just like to see how far you can push things and in Hara in this genre this genre is so open to being pushed it's really a, it's it's a great genre for the moment that we are living in after COVID, after all the financial crisis, after everything that all, where people are right now, I think this is a great genre. And the political spectrum. And the political yeah, spectrum, that is, so that is a horror comedy. Yes. Like our political spectrum is just the horror comedy. And so I think we need this to sort of say yes, you know, it answers the call. And, you know, if any of those folks from the streaming services are watching, give Catherine a detective series, come on. <laughs> What are you doing in those boardrooms? Wasting your time is what you're doing. Get Captain on for a horror series, a horror detective. A horror detective. Yeah. Oh, a, like a police procedural. Oh my gosh, character. it'd be so good. Imagine the crimes. I would story. love it. I would love I'd it. I'd be tuning in. I would be Thank tuning in. Thank you so much, Thank Catherine. you so much. Have a good rest of your yeah, day. Yeah, you too. Thank you.
Thank you, thank you. Hello, we're here with uh, Eric Blumfist and Carson, um, director and writer of uh, Finders Day, which we've just got out of the screen for. How was it seen on absolutely a huge, massive screen like that with an audience? It was incredible. I mean, we've been living. You can hold it. Yeah, we've been living with it for uh, months and months now, and getting to see it in this setting is is how it's supposed to go. So we we had a blast. And and the audience's reaction was was all correct. And, and is that what you expected? Yeah, or there, better there, than there, that. there were a better. couple of um, it's not a comedy, but there were a couple of laugh lines. And there was there was one that we were hoping would hit, and it definitely hit. I so think we I know very, which, yeah, that, yeah, exactly yeah. which one it but was. Yeah. We actually got some claps too, which was very. <laughs> I don't know, if, you know, who knows if it'll ever happen again. But it got it here right fast. So. Yes. <laughs> This is just a second screen. Do we know when the film's going to be available for, for wider audiences? Uh, not yet, but we should, we, should, we should know in the not-so-distant future what's going to happen. And, I mean, in terms of a slasher movie, I did tell you this before, and I do mean it. I'm not just saying it because you guys are here. Uh, it was better than the last two screen movies. Way more satisfying, I think, the slasher yeah. genre, uh, which you guys are happy with. With that, with that piece of news, I'm sure you've been told. I'm it happy you liked it. I'm very happy about <laughs> I mean, I'm not throwing out any other filmmakers under no, the bus. I know, I know, I know, I know. Totally. And we, and uh, Scream is very much our roots. So, I mean, we, we, I, I think our love for slashers happened when we rented, not even rented, borrowed Scream from the library in like 2005, and we just watched it on a cold winter afternoon or something, and it was yes. like it struck a chord and uh, really just kind of introduced us to a lot of the films that it referenced too, um, and, we, and we sort of were able to kind of dive into horror through that. So we love that. We love this being its own distinct. Slash. It is well. definitely distinct. I think that's one thing to take away from it. It's very distinct, um, and it goes one direction and takes you in another direction. It's very like, unexpected in places as well. Where a lot of slashes are very formulaic, I feel like this just completely subverted that. That's what I agree. That's why I enjoyed about it. So, congratulations. I mean, we we, we want to give you the stuff that you love when you watch a slash movie and like that autumnal form feeling, but we want to, you know, have some surprises for you too. Yeah. There are you know, plenty, plenty of surprises, definitely. Um, so thank you very much, guys, and uh, congratulations again on the movie. Enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, hello again. What are we talking about now? We're going to talk a little bit about your good friend Takeshi's film, yeah. My Mother's Eyes, that uh, we've now seen so, yeah, as we're finish, finishing our last day here. So um, what, did you, what do you think, man? Like, is it one of the most imaginative films of the Wow. Sure. What can I say? It's one of those films that I'm glad I got to see again on the big screen because a lot of the sound design from... When I when I saw it beforehand, it didn't translate well. I, well, I, I sure I understood it, but I didn't see it on the big screen. Made it mean so much more to me, and I think that's what. And so much so much of the subtext. I think with a second watch, sometimes is where you really do start to understand some of this subtext and how it works and how visually it does it. And the fact it was eight days. I know we spoke to him about that. An eight day shoot shows he's obviously very very um good, focused, efficient, focused, efficient, and good, and like. He said it was all storyboarded as well. I mean, wow! I'm you must have been so well organised to actually achieve that in such a short amount of time. The fact that we've managed to spend some time with him as well, like yeah. really dance with him, lovely guy. Um, yeah, it's been amazing to get to know him as well as I have found that of everything that we've seen where we had the opportunity to speak to people. Though, like I think I've come away with a better appreciation of what they were aiming for in the films what their vision was, like some good insights into what the creative process is, so much more than I'd see from reading the IMDb trivia. And it's nice to meet people that you like and you try to be good people that are making yeah. the entertainment that we've just consumed. And I'm not sure whether that's going to make me a better or worse film critic, but um, I I've yeah. had a lovely That's story. the thing, yeah. I mean, in the same way that when we watch it, we, we um, spend a whole episode talking about a film, 
and at the end we're like, I'm going to give a higher score than perhaps I would have at the start. It works in the same way that when you meet the filmmakers, you experience them on a big screen, you see the sort of the joy that surrounds everybody who's involved in it. It kind of makes you appreciate the whole process a little bit more, and it makes you just go, well, for me, that's a, I'm going to give that higher score. It's not all about the scores, of course, but that is what I kind of want to do. I mean, we're allowed to be all about the scores, like, because, you know, we're not legitimate critics. We're just doing that thing, hanging out. I hate to say it, Andy, I think we're legitimate cricket. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> We're legitimate crickets, I can do it with my legs. And yeah. now, we're legitimate critics now. Hello again. Um, we are still here at Brightfest. We've just got out of seeing Founders Day, a really interesting and fun slasher movie. And who did we happen to run into? Friend of the show, I think I could say. Janine Pipe. Hello, Janine. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Great, thank you. Uh, you were there at Founders Day as well? Yes, and good job you said friend of the show, because before there was a bit of a problem where I was just like an associate. I mean, I could have led with friend of the show is the lowest of your credits now. Co-producer now. Yeah, co-producer, up and coming filmmaker. You are, you're doing so much exciting stuff and we're going to come to it for now. We'll talk about though. What did you think of Fountainous Day? Did you enjoy it? I really liked it, yeah. The only thing that got me is I worked out quite soon who it was. I had I had some ideas. I, I was saying to Ben earlier, thankfully there's no negative marking scheme. So I had a couple of wrong guesses. <laughs> Yeah. I did get I did get one at the end. I was like, yes. Ignore the two times I got it wrong. Yeah. Now I've definitely got it right. I thought it was really good. Yeah, definitely. And it had some good comedy to it. No spoilers here, but yeah, no. like it had some good comedy to it. I really liked the characters as yeah. well. Like I feel like I will be able to recall them later. So, oh, this is the film with that in it. But with others, there are ones that you like. Who is everyone apart from the killer and the main And the teacher, I swear, was the dad in um, Boy Meets World. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> getting, the, getting those... Random knowledge. Getting those fan castings in. <laughs> yeah. So you're having a good festival. I know you're just here for the day, right? On the day pass. Yeah. But um, yeah, making the most of it in one day? Yes. Meeting as many people as possible. Lots of people have come up and said hi. And I've been like, hi. No idea who they are. But it's always looked to meet people. Well, and because, like, I'm guessing lots of people know your face and everything because you are deep in production i mean we have her your short film which is on the horizon it has had a couple of screenings right at some events right yes um it has had one screaming uh screening down in portsmouth and it's on the festival circuit at the moment we hope to catch it before the year is out if we all things fall into place um but i'd be remiss not to have you have you here and not to bring up footsteps because you've got such an exciting cast lined up i know you're really excited about the script as well i'm personally super excited to see you putting it together um so tell us how's it all going going really well thank you um neil here neil marshall at the moment um so i'm spending some time with him he's the executive producer uh we are shut this thing at the moment and go through shooting schedules um things like sorting props all that kind of stuff so a table read this weekend as well with all of the actors so yeah just going really really well so bad i mean we amber came and joined us that was your last bit of casting you announced right so yes. amber came and joined us just when winning the Pooh blood and honey was out so ben interviewed her back then she is so nice yeah yeah and i i would i can't wait to see it's just and then Annabelle I'm a big fan of from things like Eating Miss Campbell and so on as well. Yes. So and she's in her as well. She's in so her, yeah. She's a, a reoccurring cast member for me now. Oh, <laughs> she was here this morning, so I managed to quickly oh, say really? hi to her. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, so much success. I can't wait. So, I mean, I won't hold you to this timeline-wise, but 
you plan to be filming later this year, early so this year? We're filming in October. Um, and the sort of the big hope, the goal is to show here next year. Amazing. That's what we would love to be able to do. So, well, yeah. so here is a guest this year. Next year, we'd love to be here as a director. We will hopefully be here too to interview you as a director if all things go well. Um, and in, in the meantime, of course, we'll put all the positive, not mean, pressure we can on the deciders that this is a film we want to see over here. So, um, yeah, always around to. And if you listen to the show, obviously, we'll keep you updated as the news comes along. If you're not already following Janine, you should be because she has far better consistency on social media than I certainly have. Janine, where's the best place to follow you these days? Because social media is not what it used to be. Not what it used to be. So I'm still most active on Twitter. Um, Continue or, using that name. Yes. That's what I would do. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It's always going to be Twitter. Um, same as I'll always get new disease from Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> That's away. where it sells them. <laughs> yeah. um, or Instagram, and they're both Janine528. Yeah. Do get that one followed because you're so good at sharing what the progress has been on footsteps. Always really good to keep up today with it. So, yeah, can't wait to see more. Thank you so much, Janine. I will let you get to the rest of your many meet and greets for the day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I, know. I, keep, I keep directing directors, and I've really got to fucking stop that. Uh, if you ever, basically, in the dictionary next to Rockstar, there's a picture of Aaron Truss uh, with, with his Led Zeppelin t shirt on, sunglasses, and he's uh, punching, over. A, punching a dart, and he's hung, and he's hung over. Sorry, Mum. Sorry, mum. All right. That that just that one drag was three hours of his life. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whose this is. I'm just gonna hold this for a second. This is uh well, Aaron Aaron Truss, the director of Paradolia, which is having its uh, premiere at Fright Fest at Short Film Showcase number three. I mean, an hour away. About about that. We are. Yeah, we're we're just uh, well, I'm just under an hour away now. So yeah, this is exciting how, stuff. How are you feeling? Uh, you know what? I'm actually feeling better to have met you in the flesh now. Well, yeah, After so many years of just yeah. seeing each other on a Zoom and stuff. And exactly. Andy, of course. Yeah. I know it's yeah. amazing to do it, and it's been amazing to do that at the festival. And that's been my favourite thing: is just meeting everybody that we've had on the show previously for for episodes and interviews. So it's awesome, man. Thank you. I just want to point out: I'm wearing sunglasses because I'm incredibly hungover. I'm not doing it to be cool or anything like that. I'm not a star. I'm just incredibly munted right now. <laughs> Did you just say munted? I've got munted, yeah. <laughs> is that the first time someone says munted on your podcast? Maybe the second. I <laughs> am munted. If this, if you were wearing sunglasses just because you're cool, though, I'm not going to judge you for that, you know? You've got, you got a film showing at the IMAX in Leicester Square, so... Oh, not the IMAX. We are the super screen. Uh, the super... It's the same thing, right? Yeah, well, it's Jake, the same Jake thing. Jake West was IMAX last night, which was incredible. Yeah. Oh, uh, you we, were there for that. Yeah, and we spoke to him. Yeah, no, he's absolutely brilliant. I love Jake. He's absolutely oh, incredible. Yeah. Uh, and it was a great film as well. I, yeah. I'm really, I probably, I'm going to put it on the record. Mancunian Man was the best film of Fright Fest. So thus far, there we go. Look at that. It, it was amazing, wasn't it? Like it was, it was just absolutely incredible. It was fascinating. I thought. So I'm talking really about his film and not our film now. What about your film now? That's what we want to know about. So we're we Drake. We're, we're here. We're here with like uh, cast and crew and and everything. So we're going to pull some people in and, and chat to them. Some famous faces as well, right? Yeah, we do. We're, we actually have today flown in uh, from. America, Sandy Johnson from the original Halloween movie, uh, who I'm going to pass you over to because she'll have far more interesting things to say than I will. So Judith Myers herself. Judith Myers herself. Can you believe that? And she plays a small role in our film, and more of a cameo, uh, a, r a radio DJ. Yep. 
and it's more of a little nod, a loving nod to Halloween and John Carpenter in general. So sweet, amazing. Well, let's let us go in. Let's go chat to Sandy then. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. Let's you. do it. So we're here with Sandy Johnson, um, Judith Myers herself. I can't believe it. Oh my God, I'm excited. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. This is amazing. So you're feeling amazing. That's great. I'm yeah, glad to hear it. So much excitement, so much great energy. I love it. I know it's kind of chaotic, though, isn't it? Well, chaos is fun. There's chaos can be fun. Of course, yeah. So uh, tell us a bit about your role in Paradolia, the short film. Uh, how that came to be. I play Jamie Myers. He is a late night DJ. And so, who decided on that character name? Who decided on that character name? Probably Stuart Morris would be my guess. Maybe Eric. Yeah. Uh, it's a perfect play on names, and they wanted like a kind of a sex and sultry DJ. I see. So that's what I do. I kind of talk. Was the driving around at night in their cars or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. So, are you excited to see it on the big screen with everybody as well? So, that's going to be exciting. Oh, it was so exciting to meet the cast because I shot it uh, from Texas. And so, right. now we get London. Yeah, and I guess meeting everyone who was involved for the first time as well. I did. I got to meet all the cast. Wow. And uh, and I've been wanting to meet Stuart forever, and so we finally got to meet. Yeah, feel free to come in as well, Stuart. Feel free to come in as well. So so you you two met for the first time. When when did you meet? Yesterday. Yesterday. In person, but we've known each other now for three years. Saying. Oh, yeah, Sandy did uh, during the first lockdown. Misty Moon went online and we did soon. And Sandy was one of our guests, so we did like podcasting. Um, but yeah, amazing. And now uh, this is the first time yesterday, and she's spending a couple of days with us down in Robertsbridge tomorrow. Lovely. Where we filmed film Paradise. Oh, so where you filmed this, you get to see where every scene took place. And, and, that. and in the cottage, right? Yeah. Amazing. Well, I hope you guys are looking forward to it. I'm sure you are. Super excited. The countdown is on. Nearly an hour, uh, hour or so away now, right? Yeah, I can't. You can't wait. Actually, you can't wait. <laughs> enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank enjoy, you, enjoy, enjoy your time together in London Thank as well. You. Thanks so much. We're here with Sarah of Horror, and you come all the way from Sweden. Yes. Yes. For Fright Fest. Can you believe it? So, filmmaker, YouTuber, uh, social media star. Can you say that? Yeah. Just say. It. Let's say that. Let's say that. Um, and obviously, we, we bumped into each other and we thought it would be good to get like a little video. Talk about your favorites of the festival so far. Yeah. You were in the screenings of My Mother's Eyes and uh, Founders Day with us. Yes. Have you got any like particular favorites that you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, I think the best one for me is definitely Farang. Which one, sorry? Farang. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, the guy who made for years, Xavier Jim. Yeah. His newest film. Wow, okay. That was amazing. We didn't see that. It's kind of reminiscent of the Raid movie. Yeah, and I heard that. Sequences amazing, mm. and because uh, the guy who plays the main character, he's a kickboxer in in real wow. life, so I'm, and it shows. So I'm I mean, assuming like the action must have been amazing. It was amazing, and it was brutal, and just the fighting sequences were so smoothly done. Yeah. Loved it. Oh wow! And I also really like the suitable flesh. Yeah, and yeah. I really like you know Stuart Gordon homage films and the H.P. Lovecraft take and Barbara Panther, of course. Yeah, really like the story. Yeah, that was and, great. And also the Bureaus. Oh, okay, really oh, missed that one as well. 
I feel like all the ones everyone's recommended to us are ones that like, we've missed. So. I mean, if, if you really love David Lynch, then you will love Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We're going to need to check these out then, if yeah. that's the case. I mean, that's the thing. Another good thing is that the ones we've missed, now we're going to go like actively seek them out, which is, which yeah. is good. Well, well, I missed quite a few as well, because you, you can't watch them all. Cause they're, you know, yeah, it's simple. Uh, it's, yeah. it's literally impossible to watch them all. It is. Um, and then just before um, we start recording, you said you did enjoy Finder's Day I as really well. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the kills were very creative. Uh, the characters were fun. You, you, you cared about some of the characters really much, actually. So. Yeah. So it was a fun watch. That's definitely. true, yeah. It was a very yeah. unique like slasher film, wasn't it? Definitely adds yeah. an identity. Yeah. Um, amazing. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out to talk to us. Great to catch up and great to meet you as well. Yeah. So. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem at all. You will have to. And again, we are saying this to everybody. You have to join us on the show. Come and join us and talk about a full episode. It's a promise. There we go. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank, Thank you. you. So hello there. Once right. again, just here from off the other back of number of Fright Fest screenings. I'm here with David, a member of the press also covering the Fright Fest event, right? Yeah, I've been coming since 2017. Wow, so a number of years under your yeah, belt. Yeah. What makes you come back every year? Well, the press pass will, so I, I love the experience. I love meeting the actors, the filmmakers, catching up with my friends, it's a friendly atmosphere. No one's judgmental. You get to watch horror films on the big screen five days straight. You'd have to be insane not to come down to Brightness, but they get to miss out. I mean, and it's been an it's been an incredible experience. So, I'm going to ask you uh, maybe the hardest question that we can ask anyone: What have your favourite films been? Can you pick just one favourite? Um, How to Kill Monsters, and I'm not just saying that because I received a special thanks in the credit. So I thought it was hilarious and gory. Uh, brilliant practical monster effects and brilliant twists and turns, laugh out loud humor. I, I definitely recommend it. Uh, I won't argue with you on that one, David. Okay. And then, how many, how, what, with your press coverage duties, how many films did you get to watch? Is there anything that you were um, sad that you didn't manage to see? I, I tried to see as much as I can every time I come, but I'm going to, I'm going to carry on coming till Pride Fest until I die. You can't give me away from Pride Fest. There's no stopping me from coming near. That's so good. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. I think um, I think it. I, this was our first time here in person. Yeah. But I think you'll see us here again. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Thank you so much, David. Thanks for coming over. Thank you very much. And that's uh, all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Can you believe it? This is the end. This is the end. The end of the road. The end of the road. Flight fest. I've done it wrong. Flight <laughs> 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 fest. Flight fest. Flight fest again. All weekend. They're just showing off because your your microphones oh, are way bigger than ours. You yes, get stuck in. Where'd you, where'd you get that one? We've just been accosted in the street. We've been accosted by Sarah and Amber, right? Chloe. Chloe. Oh, Sarah. God damn! <laughs> 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 Sarah Start again. Start again. We've just been accosted in the street by Sarah Chloe. and Chloe. Um, content twins, we are. Um, yeah, we're just roaming the street, just interviewing people. They're uh, burning people by putting them on the spot with some complex questions. I won't spoil their content. You should find out their channel, which is called Rebrand. There, there we go. Perfect. We're we're talking about horror movies. We've been covering the Fright Fest Horror Film Festival. You've been busy doing other things, but scary movie fans? Yeah, I love scary films. What's your favourite? There's no wrong answer. Oh, I like the old ones, like Friday the 13th, like Freddy Krueger. Thank you so good so much for saying an old film that I actually was old because oh, I love really old ones like it follows I would have turned to fucking dust. I really like old films like Scream that's a classic isn't it? <laughs> Sarah what about you? Do you have a favourite 
scary movie? Um, I don't know. I quite like tiny zombie movies. Yeah. That horror. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I love the way Chinese people and Asian people make films. So I like horror movies. It's an absolutely fantastic like answer. I don't like ghost films. Yeah. Too scary or boring? Or does it, you don't no, like they've them? got like, bad energy attached to them. You don't want to be cursed, what? literally. Yeah, you won't literally be cursed. Literally bad energy. Paranormal investigator. That's a paranormal investigator. His, his channel is Paranormal Boys. This is amazing. This is fantastic. Do you like do you like the movie Train to Busan with the with the zombies on on a on a train? I think I've watched that. Yeah. Is it the ancient? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I know. That's what I thought you were gonna. That's what I thought you were gonna say yeah, no, when you said it. Yeah. Amazing. I don't think you're in shock. That whole thing, Andy. I'm sorry. That's right, matter. You can still. I mean, that's what's important. And. <laughs> Thank you for giving us mic envy. We've got mic envy. Um, size doesn't matter. Look Remember that. Inadequate. Size doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> but if you had two together, yeah. then they're slightly closer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much. Bye-bye okay, now. Our wrap-up was just slightly accosted by some content creators asking us awkward questions about what were their best They're trying to put us features. on the spot and make us look like horrible misogynists. But you know what? I think we did all right. I think I did all right. You got our name wrong, but I was... I mean, that's because I've got to learn so many names this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks like... She could be an Amber. She comes in all my name's Amu, and so you fucking like... <laughs> Just so <laughs> happened, her name was Chloe, a name I've now remembered. That's good. Um, um, so, wrapping up. Um, obviously, it's been our first Fright Fest. It's been a great experience. We've met a lot of amazing Fest, people. Then? No, definitely not. I'd like to come back every year if it's just as nice as this. And I'm not just saying that. I mean it. It feels like we were born to do this, right? Yeah. I think listeners and watchers on YouTube, if you like this content, if you like us the way we are currently, like, it's all pretty much live and kind of like a bit crazy if and this chaotic. Is the enjoy, if you want us to do more events like this. We'll still do, a bit, we'll still do standard episodes. Oh, yeah, we can't be out all weekend. No, we can't. can't be out every weekend. We'd get our families would leave us. We'd run out of money. Um, <laughs> but if you like this type of thing, do let us know. Do like the, let us know the things you've enjoyed about it. Yeah. If you'd like to see us speak more, more about if you have a look at the lineup and there are any films we didn't manage to cover because there's only so much you can, yeah. let us know. We will continue to seek those out to cover them later. Do it. Um, um, let's do something quickly. I mean, we need to pick our favourite of the festival so far. Again, we didn't see everything. Um, I'm going to go for... Should we go for a top three? Go on. Okay, top three. For me, number three, I'm going to have to go for Founders Day. I think it was a toss-up between Founders Day and Punch. Yeah. But something about Founders Day just really, really resonated with me. I find it, it was very funny. Very unpredictable um, and a great like new slasher movie. That was, which is awesome. Number two, I'm going to go for Raging Grace because I think it's a very powerful film. Um, and you know, in terms of an auteur putting their fit putting their hands to filmmaking, considering that I guess it's was it Paris's first film? Is that right? Uh, first feature. First feature. So that's crazy. I think that's great. And number one, of course, after seeing it for the second time, which I think just helped me understand it better than perhaps I did after the first watch was Takeshi's My Mother's Eyes. Now, of course, I'm going to say that because we've been spending time with him, but also, my God, what an accomplishment. Well done, Takeshi. Uh, that's my number one. All right, so top three from me. Oh, I don't even want two to mention, but let's throw out a third one real quick. So I think maybe for my third choice, I might go the seeding. I was so surprised by it. I thought, now I've got four, a tie between the seeding and Black Mold. Similar reasons, really interesting psychology, really amazing uh, location choices and set design. The way those, the atmosphere comes from both of those movies, phenomenal. Joining you in second um, with Raging Grace, like, I loved it so much. Such a powerful movie, such an amazing 
message. In reality, it's really hard to rank these things. The one that wins out for me just above Raging Graces is just for its the enjoyment I gained from it as a horror movie, as a piece of great entertainment and a film that I'm sure I'm going to watch again and again. Um, and that is How to Kill Monsters. I loved it so much. Oh my it's god, yeah! Movie. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I had such a good time with it, but genuinely, I don't think I've stepped out of a single film uh, while I've been here and thought, yeah. well, that was no good, I wasted my time. And, and loads of, incredible. Loads of things really, I've walked really into and know nothing about. Founders Day, for example, I knew nothing about it, I just saw the title. Um, so yeah, very, an amazing experience, and again, yeah, we, I think we should do more of this, I'd like to do more of it, um, and I think and we couldn't have done it. Also, I do want to say this at the end. We couldn't have done it without help from our Patreons because that's helped in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, right. I have to say that we are, despite the air of legitimacy that we carry, everybody, we are not a sponsored podcast. We are not working for um, any of the major publications. We we are lucky enough to get some screeners from some of the production companies to watch in advance sometimes, which helps us cover more stuff. But... We don't have sponsors. We're not paid. We're we paid for our tickets to be here. Yeah, uh, we did. And there, well, we paid for it with a massive amount of support from the yeah, donations we get. That's how it happens. So, so, so some people might get support from Patreons and be like, "Thanks for your support. This has really helped. This has absolutely, unbelievably helped. Like, 100. percent Like, we literally couldn't have done it. I think it's made a difference allowing all three of us to be here, especially as well. Especially um, Luke Condor with a K. It's it's made it. Far more affordable. These things do not come cheap. We all live in different parts of the country, so it's been amazing. So thank you to everyone who supports us now, in the past, in the future, in advance. Um, You're not going to say it, are you? Fabulous. So. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to become a Patreon, follow us over on www.patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to Taz Yusuf for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. If you'd like to, someone just shout at someone at me then. Someone hates Taz Yusuf. <laughs> <laughs> not us. We love him. So, what did she shout? Um, and uh, I'm literally, you might have shouted balls. I've completely lost my train of thought now as well. Um, so yeah, so smooth as well. follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Horror Hangout Podcast. You'll find us uh, next week is episode 300. We haven't decided exactly what we're going to do. I think another sort of celebration episode, maybe a live stream, maybe something like that. Something where we're not covering a film, but maybe we're just going to look back on the last 300 episodes and maybe even just look back on this weekend. Yeah, maybe. Amaz- amazing that we've maybe reached this some, milestone. Maybe pick some favourites. Maybe we'll do 300 episode the Horror Hangout Awards. Oh, yes. Have uh, we done this I live? like how you're spitballing like the Horror Hangout Awards and you've just thrown it out. Does that mean, can I get one? Yeah. Yeah, well, yes, is it just going to be me, <laughs> you, and oh, Imagine we're going to get, you guys got to choose who the Most best host is. Best guest. This is all. This is all. Not, this is all not very nice. No, no, nothing's like we're going to choose our favorite movies from several genres. Okay. We're going to choose the maybe the top three films that we're both desperate to cover before we get to episode four hundred. I tell you what, we've done awards for Fright Fest episodes. Let's throw our Fright Fest awards into that episode as well. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. See you next week. For See you next week, everybody.